middle cop baby john if you're listening to this how about just if you're listening to the podcast a little love for uh dj bonafide who made us this aka bryce daughtry Doherty, Doherty, Bryce Doherty, who made us our podcast intro many, many months ago. You don't hear it on YouTube, but shout out, Bryce. Wasn't Daughtry the uh, the bald-headed guy from the show that actually made it pretty big? He had some good hits. I listen to him sometimes on Pandora. He had some hits. He had some hits. Let me, I'm just um, checking this uh, checking this link out real quick. But what's up? It is a Tuesday. We are live on YouTube, or you are listening to this podcast. Either way, check out the link in the description, and go to the other thing. If you're watching the YouTube, check out the pod. If you want to listen to the pod, check out the YouTube channel. Yep. Obviously, you know, the podcast, YouTube channel, go subscribe. Um, Facebook page, do that as well. If you're listening on Apple iTunes, leave a review. Uh, Leave us five stars. If you don't like us, leave us four stars. Not Mm -hmm. one, four. Uh, Other than that, you know, you guys know the drill. Anything fun, cool going on. We'll get into some of the different people we're associated with. Tag us on uh, online, on social media. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad to have you here. Thanks for listening. And uh, happy midweek, late September in 2021. Uh, Like like John said, on that iTunes, leave us a question. Tell us your favorite bar. That's how you get into the mailbag. If you're watching the video, if you're watching the YouTube, here's the thing. Uh, you You might watch all of our stuff. But you might not actually be subscribed, even if you think you might be subscribed because our videos get suggested to you because you watch a lot of our videos. So hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. And do the same thing if you're listening to the podcast. And we know we hear from you guys all the time. We're big on organic Organic growth. Tell your friends. You know, I'm not organic you know, veggies. Those are more expensive. But no, organic growth. Yeah. Not veggies in general. I can't tell you the last time I had one. Besides when it was on like a cheeseburger or in, in an enchilada or something. But tell your friends about the podcast. Have them uh, have them listen. Share it with your friends. On uh, I know we're all on a ton of group text messages. Some of them we mute because they get a little just they, it never stops. Like guys, I need to go to sleep. Guys, I need to do some work. But you know if you're on one of those with like 15, 20 plus people, link it and be like, hey, you guys want to listen to some fucking cool ass dudes? Check yeah. this shit out. Yeah, and you're like, what guys? Why do you keep promoting it? Because every little thing you do helps us. Like in videos, subscribing to podcasts, all that stuff means a lot means a lot and it helps us grow and we've grown a lot thanks to you and so we're we want to keep it going yeah we're just two guys trying to make it two guys trying to make it i mean it's the facts john the facts are the facts uh there's a lot we're finding that there's a lot to get to now that the nfl season has started <laughs> you notice this we are we i mean are. there's so much stuff going on i was uh i ended up on what night was that tuesday night just kind of got locked, or I guess it was Monday night. It wasn't anything, no baseball game. The football game ended. It was like 8 o'clock. I was ready to go to bed. And then, like, what was I going to watch? Ryder Cup coverage wasn't going to be on Golf Channel for another hour, and I stumbled upon Rudy. And I oh, ended yeah. up going on a deep dive on Rudy. Ended up playing on the same team with Joe Montana, Dan Devine. Rudy was promised he was going to dress Parsegian, right? What was the name? Yeah, of the coach? yeah, and they got rid Maybe of that him. many Armenian football coaches. In or the history he, or he left, and he Divine left. shows Retired. up. Yeah, Divine showed up. Guy left from the Green Bay Packers. Mm. I'd say football was a little different in the in the seventies. He tried to get the job way before. I went to this Wikipedia deep dive. 
back then, like Notre Dame was probably infinitely bigger than NFL jobs. So I think some people that are older still kind of hold on to that kind of mindset. Uh, but he left the Green Bay Packers immediately, and he ended up getting run out of town like five years later. They won a national championship with a guy, like I said, Joe Montana, Rudy on the squad. Joe poo-pooed and shot down and diminished Rudy. The movie was kind of all fake. Someone linked me in. There, there was a montage on... Uh, I think my TV's just turned on out of nowhere. Yeah, did you just tell Alexa to turn on your TV? I mean, sorry, on the internet, you're supposed to say, not actually say it. That was crazy. Is someone breaking into my house right now? Just to watch your TV? Oh, do you know what happened? I know what it is. Was it paused? No, my iPad uh, was dead, and I charged it, and I think maybe just came alive. It's coming. It's not my TV. It's coming from my iPad. Do you want to go turn it off? Yeah, it's really loud. Yeah, you go you go handle that. I'll mention that I was just started listening to uh um Kirk Herbstreet's book. This will be information that I will not repeat when John comes back and so he won't know that that this is what I'm doing. But I'm listening to Herbstreet's book and he said that uh his dad, Herbstreet's dad coached for Woody Hayes, the legendary Ohio State coach, and that Woody's like we're talking like the late 50s early 60s, Woody was making $12,000. $12,000. Unbelievable. Anyway. So I just said I would say something that I wouldn't repeat when you came back. You can wonder what I was talking about, $12,000. Um, before we get any further, John, let's tell the people, it is a Tuesday. That makes it a Tito's Tuesday. Oh, we didn't even plan that. Tito's, that's the sponsor of the podcast. The number one vodka in America is Tito's Handmade Vodka. I got a little lightheaded on that, I'm not going to lie. I, when I screamed... The other day after Max Homa won, yeah. it, it, it ruined my voice, I feel, for the next couple of days. But yeah, Tito's number one vodka in America. We can't know. recommend it enough. Any person this weekend during football weekends and <laughs> during the week, seven days a week, every day is a Tito's day. If you are buying a bottle of Tito's, if you're at a bar and having a Tito's cocktail with Tito's, if you're with your friends in the backyard having some cocktail, wherever you may be. Worldwide, I need you to take a picture and send it to us. You know, Twitter, Instagram, DM us, do whatever you need to do. We love it. I can't get enough of the Tito's picks. People playing golf at like 8 a.m. with, you know, a double. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> it always yeah. inspires me because when I'm, if we're working, you know, just, I, I like, if I'm maybe in a bad mood and I see other people having a good time, it puts me in a good mood. It's happened several times, guy. We, uh, those guys that sent us the photo of them with their handle of Tito's in the golf carts replied that they hadn't played golf in like 20 years and they shot like a 107 and 109 and walked out feeling like champions. So I know. It's congrats awesome. to you guys. Yeah. I mean, look, Tito's, there are so many great, uh, there's so many great options with Tito's. We love a good, uh, taco, a taco Tito's night, a, t- a Tito Rita, a Tito's sangria, uh, the Tito's gooseberry ranch water, the Tito's sweet grass Ricky, which is uh, soda water, pineapple juice. Some pieces of pineapple, some lime juice, some simple syrup, two tarragon leaves. You can just run out to your tarragon bush in the backyard, John, and get a couple of tarragon leaves, plus another tarragon sprig. You want a little and then some garnish. Uh, but you know what we like recommending on this show here? It's one thing, and it's uh, very simple, and it's called the John Daly. Did you see, I, I posted this last night, the TBS used to have the PGA Championship. Jason Day won it in 2011 at Whistling Straits, where the Ryder Cup is this weekend. And John Daly uh, was in 
the field. I think he gets a lifetime exemption because he won the PGA Championship. There's a hole that parallels Lake Michigan. He hit three balls, three balls, John Daly, into the water on a par three, takes his club, throws it into Lake Michigan. A, you know, like an hour later, a boat comes up, a little kid, he jumps in the water and grabs his club and then holds it up and everyone cheers. It's pretty funny. But John Daly... This what I mean. This is like a decade ago. Yeah, living legend. It's very easy. You can go. I went to Safeway last time, guy, and I got John Daly, like already pre-made, like the Arnold Palmer John Daly. Right. And if you're someone like well, it's me, just an Arnold Palmer. <laughs> yeah, it's just the Arnold Palmer. But if you're someone like me and you're, you know, calories, they have zero sugar ones too, so you can get just yeah. the normal Arnold Palmer, or you can just get Arnold Palmer in the big jug, which I have in my fridge right now, zero sugar. I would recommend always the lower sugar. Like they make the little Starbucks. Uh, uh, double shots that you and I like, I always get the light cream. Like generally, unless you grew up, probably somebody who grew up in the South drinking sweet tea could probably tell us, unless you grew up drinking sweet tea, you don't need the sweetest version of the tea. The problem with the Starbucks one, light, it's very hard because the supply chain, America's all thrown off. Very hard to find. Oh yeah? Are they uh, like $27 at your local grocery? Well, no. I mean, they don't even exist. I mean, that's safe way I can find them, but a lot of my gas stations that have had them forever, out. And mm. I, you go, you got to be careful with those. I order them on Amazon because those are the first thing I do in the morning. Two. Uh, hey, everybody. Tito's. All right. Tito's. Six times distilled in copper pots, not columns. Look, this is a product built first and foremost on quality, not hype. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM, and the number one. Uh, we we bounced back last week, John, where they will match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000 at MyBookie. Um, we had a week one, our lock was the Niners. That was a push. Our dud was the Texans, Jags under. That failed. Big week time. two. Week two, though, we bounced back. We did. We had, a, we had a good week. I had a fantastic week. MyBookie.ag you did have a fantastic is week. a place where you can, like what I did, I turned $150 into 5700 And that was only possible. The stock market, your 150 would have disappeared over like a couple days ago. MyBookie.ag allowed me the opportunity to place a parlay, a money line parlay, and to, and to throw uh, Cal Bear, Max Homa, $50 to win 3000 You can bet right now the Ryder Cup, who listen? The Euros have much better odds, but that's probably the bet they win a lot. Uh, MyBookie.ag promo code HAM one. There are, I mean, obviously every week the NFL slate, college football, uh, it, it's relentless. Baseball playoffs, guy, right around the corner. Uh, you can always get good odds if you, you know, if you're like a Brewer fan or just, you know, or you like a team to win the NL or to w- the World Series once the playoff field is kind of set. Sometimes you can get like 10 to 1 odds on a team in the dance. And as someone, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening, there were several times that the Giants, definitely in 2010 and for sure in 2014, went to the playoffs. You're like, these teams not going to win the World Series. And then boom, World Series champs. Yep. I feel like these odds have even, um, Europe was a much heavier favorite, I thought, than plus 200 last time we looked. Am I wrong about that? You mean underdog? I mean, uh, I... Was Europe not the favorite last time we looked at this? No, America's. Was it like plus four fifty? No, I think I thought America was minus two hundred. I think it's gone up for America and down. I thought it was like plus one eighty and minus one eighty. Really? Not, okay, yeah. maybe you're right. 
All right. But again, I, I mean, I heard someone say this. America is consistently, I mean, for 20 years, they had Phil and Tiger on every team. They're always favored, and they lose the majority of these things. Um, you know, we got to go back and look as well. We, this is usually part of Thursday's show. Is uh, now that Bryson and now that Bryson and Brooks are friends, maybe yeah, maybe America will be back to its ways. But um, we got to go. We 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 were bouncing around today, like just some of the early, not early. I mean, it's the it's Tuesday, kind of late. But some of the odds are dud of the week. I think. Do you feel like you know what the dud of the week is going to be this week? Though keep in mind, everybody, dud of the week is not a game that we like the odds. It's just what we think is the worst game is, and then we are obligated. To I, do, I, I do think the worst game of the weekend is the Thursday night game. It's pretty terrible, unless you want to watch Sam Darnold. Christian McCaffrey got banged up last week. Panthers, Texans. Davis Mills. The Jets-Broncos would be up there, too. I think Jets-Broncos, if we're, if we're going to limit it to a Sunday, which we have done historically, Jets I, plus 10.5 is that line right now. Yeah, I, I could not put any money on Zach Wilson. So... Is that the bet? Plus ten and a half. Dude, would you rather do Thursday? What? Well, no, no, no. I'm saying I, I oh. would take Denver minus ten and a half. But that's Denver minus crazy. ten and a half. That's pretty <laughs> nuts. Insane. That's pretty nuts. Oh, he needs a couple of picks. Denver right? at home, altitude. I would. Wouldn't you guess Zach Wilson's going to bust in a lot of? There'd be a lot of Utah contingent there watching him play. It's not. I would far think. Away. Yep. Yep. You know, a little McGlinchey esque. You know, when he went to Philly. Does he try to do too much or does he dial it back a little bit? Well, he just threw four picks. You told me he could have thrown five. I yeah, saw linebackers asked, don't have hands. They asked J.C. Jackson if they thought the first couple picks got in his head, and his answer was just yes. And that was his answer to the question. Did you see the second pick, like, on the move, tried to, like, drop it in between, like, four defenders down the sideline? It was did you an see outrageous Ro- throw. Did, did you see what Robert Sala said after the game? What did Robert say? Uh, we, we need to teach him that, you know, dumping the ball down and throwing it away is okay. Uh, we we don't need to be uh, Brett Favre on every play, essentially, because <laughs> he was he was the picks were not like quick outs and slants that the corner was jumping on. The highlights I saw the three no. three of them were deep throws with yes. guys, multiple guys. One of them, up. yeah, one of them was after he made a sweet play to avoid a sack. So uh, you know, it's part of, it's partly like some of his strength. One of his strengths got him into a little bit of trouble, yeah, and led to a mistake. Pretty sure five of his first four passes were, or I mean, four of his first five passes were picks. I mean, it was an outrageous ratio. I do think that, yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. Sounds about right. But, but, but my logic is, isn't Fangio and a defense that might be even more talented than the Patriots at home? That place is going to be rocking. You see Vic Fangio. I, I follow Denver on social media and, and his speech, like, what a fucking win. Like, they were just so fired up. They're 2-0. and Only them and the Raiders in the AFC. I know. They have they have not come. They've, they, I don't know if they stayed on the East Coast, but they played two East Coast games. Now they're playing in Denver. It's kind of feeling themselves. Have Chiefs Chargers play this week, so one of those teams is going to have another loss, right? That division, AFC West feels incredible right now. Yeah. NFC West, someone just DM'd me that ESPN's power rankings today – Four of the seven, you know, all four NFC West teams are in the top seven. It's so. a big week for them. Yeah. It's a big week for them, which we'll get to. But, John, before we get to that, let's talk about, we saw some of it on Monday night, Packers, 49ers this week, one of the great rivalries in all of football. They, the last three times they've played, they've been bad games. I mean, bad. Last year was a Mullins game, bad game. 
The year before that was the uh, playoff game, not a close game. The year before that was the Aaron Rodgers fumbles sacked in front of the end zone on like the first series. Niners no, immediately scored. No, that was the same. They played him twice in the Super Bowl year. Remember? They played yeah, that Sunday was the night. regular season nineteen game. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So the year, yeah, different. So that the playoff game was the game that that Jimmy went six for eight in NFC well, Championship. Last time the Niners were in Levi Stadium, fans. And then nineteen, the other regular season game. I looked it up today. Jimmy fourteen of twenty for two fifty three. So Garoppolo in the last two meetings. 20 to 28 for over 300 yards against the Packers. Yeah. In a weird way, Jimmy took a lot of shit in that NFC championship game, right? He threw eight attempts. I I do have the thought, like one huge advantage that the Niners have had when they've been full strength over against the Aaron Rodgers teams, and they've been good, right? Rodgers have been good basically this whole decade. He has played the Niners when they've been shitty, and he's killed them. He did last year when they got seven guys on the COVID list and it turned out they were all false positives and they destroyed him. But they're probably destroying him either way because Jimmy was hurt. It wouldn't have been a game. I'm not trying to make an excuse. But when the Niners have been good and the Packers have been good, it happened with Harbaugh and then it happened the one year with Kyle, the Niners have had true ownership over them. Like they have had other teams that them in Seattle, coin flip game, right? It just if they play it, the Rams or Seattle to me in a playoff game, I'd be like, I don't feel confident. It is a weird thing that I think a lot of Niner fans, and rightfully so, if the team is playing well, they don't view the Packers in a weird way, like as an equal. Not saying that Rodgers is you know an elite player for sure. I'm just saying when the teams play, the Niners consistently get the best of them when they're both double digit win teams. It's kind of crazy. And do you know what it gets back to? Fundamentally. Kyle Shanahan, like Jim Harbaugh, they, they, they have different styles. Jim ran power run scheme. Kyle runs a zone run scheme. But they both run a run scheme where they want to shove it down your throat. What was the, what was the tweet you retweeted a couple weeks ago about Jim and, and aerial versus ground troops or something? You know, it was a great tweet about like how he wanted to be like General McCarthy, hit you from the ground. The, yeah, uh, then what was it? Uh, it was incredible. But... They have the same philosophy where they run it down your throat. And you watched last night, the Packers' problem, and it's not Aaron Rodgers' fault, they have been one of the softest defenses for his whole stretch. Their offense has not been their problem. But when you can just run it down their throat, control the clock as they did in the NFC Championship game, it almost defeats and neutralizes their greatest strength, which is their quarterback. And then for whatever reason, he hasn't just destroyed them. Were you at the game... It would have been 2013 at Candlestick. I, someone DM'd me this the other day. They said, John, what's the best pass you've ever seen in person? And I say, oh, so without hesitation, it's Aaron Rodgers, week one uh, against the 49ers at Levi Stadium, rolling to his left, throwing to Jordy Nelson on the sideline. And the Niners ended up winning that game, I think, 28-27. to 27. Anquan Bolden had like 350 yards receiving. Kaepernick. Joe Staley and Clay Matthews got into a fight. Remember that? I think you were there. I think I'm probably by sitting next to you. And but it just the Niners could always out physical them. And watching last night, they rehired Joe Barry, who's Elaine Kiffin, Monty Kiffin. He, you know, uh, Mike Tomlin and Raheem Morris talked a lot about him on that podcast. He was one of that crew uh, with Raheem and Mike Tomlin. You know, working for for Gruden and Monty. I guess it would have been uh, Peyton's old coach, Dungy. And then he's worked for McVay, but I don't think he's exactly some dynamic defensive coordinator because they didn't look great on defense last night. 
No, I, I think this is where Javon Kinlaw comes back into play, right? The way he played against the Eagles, it was a different game. And we saw Detroit, it was a little weird because Detroit has the lead, then they get behind and they, you know, Detroit couldn't really, running the football in the second half wasn't really an option for them on Monday night. But I think we saw a major difference, and you and I talked about it on Sunday, when Javon Kinlaw is there and when Javon Kinlaw isn't there. And we know they have Aaron Rodgers. We know they have Devontae. To me, if they can't run the football, Green Bay, then they're like, you are going to be able to score on them. I think the Niners offense looks different this week than it looked against Philly. I think Philly, it got to the point. They didn't give up a sack. They didn't turn it over. Jimmy didn't throw a pick, right? This game, you might need to be a little more dynamic because maybe Green Bay is, is a more, you know, because the quarterback's better. But I do think they're going to look better offensively this week. And I think having Kinlaw back is a big part of being that team that you're talking about. Because it's not like the Niners got five healthy running backs ready to roll this week. Well, one major But all the players they have play that style. One major difference is that bringing up that 2013 game, Clay Matthews was still an elite player, and he was a pass rusher, a front seven player. Last year, or I guess when they were good, two years ago, we talked a lot about the Smith brothers, and the better version of the Smith brothers for the Packers is Zadarius. He's hurt. He's got a bad back. He missed last night. Did he play week one? um, I don't know, but he definitely didn't play yesterday. And I don't know if he's playing this week. So that's – he's by far, to me, their best defensive player in terms of the front seven. I think Jair Alexander, their corner, is really good. But – You know who's not? Kevin King. Stinks. He's not any good. But it's like – I thought he was good. Yeah, I thought he was going to be good too. I actually really liked him. He's a Washington guy, right? Yeah. No fly zone? <laughs> or that was the Broncos. Didn't the Washington have a little – yeah, I forget. DBU. What, I can't keep, keep track of every DB nickname. There's a lot of them flying around. Listen, the Niners, to me, are the better team right now when you factor in injuries and everything because they're missing back the R2. So you just go, okay, who are who are the five best Packers? Well, we know who one and two are. You could argue three and four. It might be Jair, but I would say Bakhtiari and Zedarius are top five. Like, that's their five. That's their core blue chippers, and that's a damn good blue chip, right? You got a star quarterback who's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. You got the best wide receiver. You got one of the best left tackles in the league. You got a star pass rusher and a star corner. The problem is you're missing two of those of those five. One protects Aaron, and the other rushes the passer. Like, that's... If I was gonna knit, if I was gonna choose, I'd be like, you know, if I had to miss a guy, as much as it sucks, I would remove Devontae and keep one of the fronts, either back to Yari or Zadarius, right? Because I can make things happen with my great quarterback. I can't overcome no pass rush. That someone did a like a tweet graph last night, probably about mid game when it looked like could the Packers lose because it was 17, 14 and a half, and it was a picture of Jared Goff like four passes. There wasn't a soul around him. And it's like, you know, the knock on the Packers, which is crazy, right? When you think the Green Bay Packers, it's cold, it's tough. Their team is a little soft. Yeah. Uh, Alec, who where'd this one go? Somebody said Tanyan. Tanyan, who always shows up when he's not on my DraftKings team. I mean, he's a good player, but I mean, yeah. he wouldn't he wouldn't be better than any of the guys I just listed. No. No. Um. He is good though. I'm not. I'm not a Tanya hater. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, this, him and him and George are buddies now. I think, right? Of, well, George is. How about Gronk took credit for the uh, 
Uh, Hawk- Hawkinson. Hawkinson. <laughs> yeah. The Hawkinson catch. That guy's pretty um, sweet. He is. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, this it's I think what what's been what's been really interesting about the two games that the Niners were full strength and one was that it was against Aaron that you go, okay, even if you're a Niner team, particularly that team in 19, you and I thought was a little overrated that Packers team in 19. Yeah. We, we thought they were better in some ways in 20, right? They, they were for sure. Well, he was way better. Yeah. He was that 19 team though. <clears throat> like usually great quarterbacks. I, I don't know if there's some research on this. Maybe you didn't have to do a little, how often do great quarterbacks get blown out? Like blown out. So actually, I, I saw a stat. It's happened to Aaron a fair amount in his career. Well, and that's what's weird, right? Is it's like, I mean, remember the Bucks did it to them? You know that Derek Carr is more, and again, it's, you had, your defense has to make a stop, has like more comeback wins in his career than Aaron. Like Aaron's not a big comeback win guy. But is that <laughs> a little bit like Tiger Woods has only won a major beside that Masters in 19? He had never won for coming from behind. Because Aaron from has ahead. a lot of wins. He's always ahead. Yeah, but he does not have a lot of comeback wins, and and I guess there's you can nitpick the stat going. He has let him on drives. There's been more time in their defense. He's played with bad. Yeah, defenses. see, I, I don't think that's an. Intro. I had not heard that. Sta- stat. Stafford, Stafford too. Now, granted, like the Raiders and the Lions, they're down. I mean, eighty percent more than the backers have been in his career. Like he's up a lot in the fourth quarter. Right. right. I don't see. I, I'm not even. I'm not sure what I think it means. I don't think it means that Aaron's. You know flawed in that way well the question i got was is he a front runner a little bit like does he just yeah see i i don't think that about him but his teams get but but they're competitive too yeah but but again i great usually if something is uneven but one team has a great quarterback he can make up the difference it's why kyle shanahan's always talking about top five quarterback and yet i mean they Remember the Cardinals playoff game against Arians where he threw the one out of his end zone to get him like the 40? Yeah, I do. I was in Arizona for that. I was at an Arizona bar watching that game. It was bananas. He lost that game though, right? Yeah. Not he didn't, but I mean, their team lost. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's a good example. I I do think, but to me, that's an example of like, if Aaron Rodgers isn't the quarterback, then that game's not close. Like that is what a great quarterback does is he takes his team. Yeah, the quarterback gets, there's a safety or something. He doesn't even make that throw (laughs) out of the end zone. I remember yeah. the end zone throw was just as cool as the as the Hail Mary. Those are two of the greatest throws that have ever been combined in one game. Anyway, I I think 100%. going back and watching the Niner game, I feel a little better about them than I did initially after that Eagle game because I think they played better. Because I think Philly is going to wear well, as we've been saying. Like, what's a tougher team to run against, Philadelphia or Green Bay? I think it's going to prove to be Philadelphia. Yeah, way better D-line. With Sedarius out. Oh, Brandon Graham got one out. Yeah. Popped his Achilles. A lot of not, just so but many. The, but, but, the, but they they have more reinforcements. Like Brandon Graham's backup got $40 million. Right. They give out a lot of $40 million contracts. Well, they 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 like doing the uh, Parag, Jed move with the Harbaugh core. That entire team was extended like two years left on their deals. Like, God, how's Patrick Willis, the fourth highest paid linebacker? You know, they had all these guys. Frank Gore's the seventh highest paid running back. Vernon Davis, like, it is the move to keep people cheap. Yeah. And luckily, cheap to an NFL team is rich to the player. You got to draft. The key is to hit on three or four picks after the first round, and then you're in position to kind of offer them some money 
and most guys are not because the majority of players are not going to be Michael Thomas, let's say, who views him like I'm the best wide receiver in the league. Like even if you're I'm a good player, it's like, well, they are offering you 40. You might be able to get 60, but what if in the next three months you shatter your foot? Right. I'm like, yeah, I'll just take the. Can I get 42? I, like, I had that take thought. 41. You're like, I'm in. <laughs> when I heard the Josh Sweat 40 million dollar contract, I was, I was like, I could, that dude just got 40 mil. He just didn't have 40 million dollars, and now he's getting 40. Now he, not all of it right now, but. Now he's getting $40 million. But but if we're, let's say, in his corner, the conversation is, Josh, the cap's going to go right up. You're three months away. Again, we got to mm. make it past this that This is what Rich Paul mark. would say. Could we get to $67 million? And I go, I have identified five teams that are desperate for pass rushers. You're a high-character guy. They like You might be able to get... He's also eight. seen half the league get hurt in the first two weeks. Yeah. I'll never blame anyone for signing the check. This is what this is what Clutch told Nerlens Noel. Like Nerlens just played out, man. It's gonna be cool. Did you see that story? Nerlens is suing Clutch because Clutch basically told him, "Don't take all." What was it like a ninety million dollar contract? He's got a letter from his former agent that the guy wrote him a letter. And was like, "Hey, man, you should take that guy." Like I don't know what they're telling you, but you should probably Happy Walters is the guy. You should probably take that contract. <laughs> I like a guy with a name front first name yeah, Happy. I'm gonna the, change my name. Well, to the story Happy. today on Ben Simmons is. You get fined every day you miss when you're in a contract in the NBA, like the NFL. No, they did did not know the NBA did that. Well, Rich Paul has supposedly told Ben Simmons that don't worry, it'll all get rescinded because the the team, once they trade you, if you never show up, will then waive all those fines because they they incur the the fines. (laughs) And it's like, so you're saying, yeah, because the question is, can the Sixers find somebody else's player? You can't. No, (laughs) (laughs) but aren't they just withholding it from the current? Yeah, he just won't get paid, but he won't not only not getting paid, he'll be getting fined on top of it. So it could get very ugly. Rich Paul's, he's he's getting sued and he's trying to double LeBron down. LeBron bankrolling that whole yeah, like, It's getting a little weird. The honeypot, as a Bill Musgrave would call it. The honey hole. Pa- honey Peyton hole. said something last night, the turkey hole. Maybe did Brett said that. Yeah, called it the turkey hole. Uh, all right, John, something we did a while, uh, a few weeks ago before the season that people seem to really like was you, former NFL scout, texting some other people in the NFL, scouts and executives and otherwise, and asked them some questions about the 49ers roster. And we could do this for a million teams. But uh, what'd you get back? What was the point of asking and what'd you get back? Well, I, I just asked, what do you think about the team? And then I got some, you know, generics. They're really good. They think they're very just, they have a lot of good players. And then I specifically asked, who are their best players? And what do you think about them, right? And the first thing I got back and I, it, it, I think sometimes with offensive linemen, if they played corner or they played wide receiver, definitely if they played quarterback or running back, it'd be clear, right? When you are Barry Sanders, when you're Adrian Peterson, when you're Aaron Rodgers, my mom can see, like, this guy is remarkable, right? In high school, the, be- the star players, even if you're the number one left tackle recruit, like, the guy that plays running back is just going to get more pub. And I got back, Trent Williams is easily the best left tackle in football. And this goes back to last year, the making the move that somehow they lost arguably the best offensive lineman in the history of the franchise, a franchise with five Super Bowls, a franchise that's been to four NFC championships in the last decade. And this guy was their starting left tackle on all four of those NFC championships and both those Super Bowls. And they, they I mean, no respect for Bob St. Clair, but that's fine. A little before my time. That's why I said, I'd say Joe for the football nerds would be considered probably the second best offensive lineman, at least his career with the Niners. They dramatically upgraded. And like I said, Joe, who's a friend of the show now, six, he's a stud. But that's how good Trent is. I think Joe would be the first to tell you that, right? Like, he's, 
he's in a different level, even on the level of the high-level guys. So they have the best left tackle in football. Like that is that is something pretty important. But what I was told about people that watch the Eagles game, they said, "Holy shit, Fred Warner is there is like Trent. There is nothing he can't do. Like what makes Trent unique is he could have played in Jim Harbaugh's offense. He could play in Kyle's offense." He can run block. He can pass block. He can catch linebackers. He can block power rusher. There's nothing he can't do. And I think Fred is that same thing at linebacker. I think it's fair to say that Fred Warner right now is the best middle linebacker in the sport. And remember last year when the Niners, not the Super Bowl year, but the COVID year when they lost everyone, Fred played in that game. And remember the the kind of thing that kind of went viral is Aaron went up to him after the game and said, you're the best middle linebacker in football. Yeah. And Aaron is king. I mean, he's not one to just throw that shit around. I think he meant it because I think what Fred, he's a modern-day linebacker. You know, he's probably more speed than power, but that's really important now in a game that's much more sideline to sideline. I mean, look at the Eagles, right? They they tried to do this because it worked for them week one, and it was harder week two. And part of it is the, the corners are physical with the Niners, but Fred, he gets out to the quick screens. You see it in college a lot, just a quick screen to your playmaker and let him just go. Well, it's not just the Niners' corners come downhill, and then you got 54 flying like a, like a fucking missile, you know? And it's a rare, like Keekley could do that. Willis and Bowman could do that. It's just a rare group that play that way. So they have two guys that are the best at their position, which, I mean, is at two pretty premium positions, I'd say, right? Yep. Uh, and then I think the, the next two players are pretty well you know, established it's, it's Kittle and Bosa. And I, I think where Kittle and I, we do this right. And most fans do this is you see a game. And we talked about this a little bit on Sundays. First thing you look for is George is like, Oh, how many catches and touchdowns do you have? I took them on my DraftKings team. Cause I'm like, well, the Eagles don't have great safeties or they have slow linebackers. I can see Kittle having two touchdowns in this game. And then it feels like he's not even part of the game. Well, I think the GMs and, and if you went to uh Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator, he'd be like, holy shit. That guy was just blocking the shit out of our the edges. And what happened in the second half? They ran pitch after pitch after pitch. And do you know what the Niners, when you have George Kittle, when you start getting in that flow, it's clear they're running the pitch to his side, right? Wherever 85 is, that's where they're coming. And, and then and usually use check kind of goes out there. The fans were just naturally... Uh, not going to give that guy as much credit, but in the scouting community, because they know how great George is, is like a pass catcher and what the, is yak, right? But what he can do as a blocker is just something that the other, I would say the two best tight ends, right? There's there's a group of three guys. The most established is Kelsey, m- longest resume, deserves to get the number one spot. And then there's like Waller and Kittle. And Waller has been consistently more dynamic now in the passing game. But let's face it, he is a true, I'm not going to compare him, and this sounds bad, but Aaron Hernandez, obviously not the person Waller's become, you know, they have nothing in common that way. I don't think you need to say that. But he is just an unstoppable pass threat, right, Waller? Unstoppable. I mean, he's incredible. I would say he's probably more dynamic as a true pass threat, but there's he doesn't hold a candle to George at the line of scrimmage. And ultimately, in the team George plays for, that is very, very valuable, right, to his coach. Some teams, like, the, for example, the Chiefs, If I'm not saying Andy, wouldn't, uh, Andy would throw it to George a lot, but they don't run it that much. They don't even care about the run. 
You, what would the Ravens do with George Kittle? Right? They would love George Kittle. How often would they run options? And then the last guy was just Bosa, who's just, I mean, so four of their players, right? Left tackle, pass rusher. And he didn't say, like, Nick's not the best pass rusher in the league, but he's an elite. They considered a blue chip. That would be his grade, you know, top five guy at his position. So you have the best left tackle, a blue chip pass rusher. Those are the two most important positions after quarterback. And then a tight end, which is definitely not a premium position, but when you factor in the Niner style and Fred, historically linebacker, you know, I know when I worked for the Eagles, that was like the least valued position. And I disagree, you know, and granted, I didn't disagree at the time, but now that once I started doing this with you, we were around Bowman and Willis and now seeing Fred, I think those, if you get the top guy, they just change the game. Now you could nitpick. Would I rather have a top corner than an average linebacker for sure? But would I take Fred Warner? Would I rather have Jalen Ramsey or Fred Warner? I'd rather have Fred Warner. Middlecoff's philosophy of position importance, because I think in if I might, I'd rather have a good D line and a middle linebacker. Same thing with Bowman and Willis. Would I rather have Bowman or Willis in their prime than Jalen Ramsey? Yes. Yeah, I think Fred can probably impact, can be around the ball on more plays, right? Just well, and he's given elite, the nature he's, of the position. And like those two guys, he's elite in pass coverage, right? He can pick the ball off. He can cover people. That's a game changer. So that's a lot of good stuff. Um, I think one thing, you know, a lot was made this week, a lot of discussion about Kittle because he only has eight catches this year. He had didn't four he for seven, 17 didn't he have 17 yards. yards? Yeah. Four for 17 against Philly. That's not a good pace, right? At that pace, he'd have barely more catches than he had all last year when he only played half the season. It's less than 70 catches. I think a lot of people but, take him in fantasy, right? And, and yeah, over Waller. Yeah. And Kelsey. I also just think if you're a Niner fan, you think he's part of what makes you dynamic. So when you watch a game where your offense doesn't look particularly dynamic, but what I would say is like any game they have where they don't give up a sack, Kittle probably had a really good game, right? So that's that was just one take on him because it's, most players can't impact the game if they only have four catches and their job is to make catches. On Trent, feels kind of like Trent Williams might be one of the best players we don't talk that much about in the whole NFL. Uh, maybe it's because he's an Some, offensive sometimes lineman. Sometimes happen with offensive linemen, I think. It does, but I feel like we talk about Joe Thomas way more than we talk about Trent Williams. Now, Joe's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, But I think Joe Thomas falls under the category of like the Seabass syndrome. When you're the best player by a country mile at your position and on a Marcel a, Reese, a three win team, you just become a star. John Condo. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That, now, that, obviously that be, it's, I, it's, I'd rather have Joe Thomas and Seabass, but you know what I'm saying? Like those Seabass yeah, became so famous. He was on the Raiders. Joe Thomas, the Browns sucked. Well, I also think the other element to this is Trent Williams. Um, Trent Williams last year was his first year on the Niners. They, they weren't that great of a team last year. Yeah. This year, you know, if they're a playoff level team, which we think they are, but in a couple of weeks, he's going to play against the Cardinals. How much is he going up against Chandler Jones? Like, I, there, have there been that many games where we're just watching the game, a major platform, and it's okay, let's watch, let's show you, here's eight highlights from Trent Williams today? I don't think there's been a lot of that. I'm not well, blaming, it, I'm not saying it's anybody's fault, but. Well, I know this. I would put Chandler Jones over 69, not 71. And I just right. Have. I mean, he may not be over there. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. I think that's part of the problem. So George Kittle's going to be over there then. Yeah. Well, and did we talk about this on the pod? Because I know we bullshitted about it a little bit before we got on, on Sunday. Was that I, I think a big reason for that game on Sunday is that once McGlinchey got smoked by sweat and it was like, oh my God, this could happen a lot this game. 
I think 85 went to go hang out with McGlinchey for a little bit longer than people quite, unless you're a true football nerd or a coach, quite realize. Because I noticed 85 with his hand in the dirt, not dirt, actually, it's nice grass in Philly. Yeah. At least early in the season, it gets a little brown as the season goes on. It's cold. But it felt like 85 was next to 69. 71 don't need 85 next to him. Unless, no, yes. un- unless you're just going, it's fourth and whatever, 44, you go left, 85. Hey, guys, you fucking know what's coming. We know what's coming. Let's see who's better. And the Niners can, and that's that to me is part of having Trent Williams and George. When you get into a big spot and you saw it with Lamar, like, hey, guys, the ball, the ball this is going to be Lamar running. Well, and also left, when it comes right, to the middle, running the ball, McGlinchey doesn't need help on that one. No, he doesn't. You could put George next to him, too. Like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, McGlinchey's a good run defender. Yeah. Or run offender. Run offender. Blocker. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan says Kittle's basically being paid $15 million to play right tackle. Which LOL. is fine, though. I mean, I if the, the Niners, didn't we talk about all offseason and now it's finally here? It's pretty clear whether Jimmy wins the job or Trey gets in. Kyle, wherever the stats end up, he is going to run the shit out of the football. They have 17 running backs. They drafted two in the draft, who now one's hurt. About seven running backs are already hurt. Niners running backs drop like flies. Pretty, uh, <laughs> you got to be pretty physical. I've been saying this for you. Why do Kyle's running backs all get hurt? Is it because he only wants players that play a certain style? Those guys all play run into brick walls? Why are all these guys always hurt? A decent I said it last year. If I were a rookie free agent, I'd be not a rookie free agent, a free agent. It's like, yeah, I want to play for Kyle because I might have four touchdowns on Sunday off the street. Think but I also how- might run to a brick wall 14 times. Jarek McKinnon, not totally Kyle's fault, towards ACL. Raheem Mozart, who Kyle made but then got injured a lot. Trey Sermon, one carry, one first Again, down. Coach Timo says small backs. The, the, those two guys, Mostert's not small. Skinnier, but he's taller. Trey Sermon's right. big. And Hyde's he went, not small. No. Did Hyde ever play Hyde. with Kyle? No, I'm sorry. I meant 28 Ohio State, Sermon, Hyde. I, yeah. And then Ohio State's got another guy who looks like those two guys and wears 28. You notice that? Yeah, they just find a lot of 6'1", 225, five-star backs. You know? <laughs> that's what I'd do, too, if I was Ohio State. So, I mean, I, yeah, that's... I do think sometimes with the bigger backs, I, someone sent me a picture. They were at UCLA. Uh, our, our buddy who listens to this podcast, Vincent Recruity, and he took a picture with Ryan Matthews. And Ryan looks like, I mean, at the like, game. Ryan was at the game. Ryan was at the game. Yeah, that's cool. On the side, on the sideline, and it looks like Ryan. I mean, looks like in his prime. It's like, does this guy gain weight? Is this all just turned to muscle? What the? Ha- is this? And then you realize he's a freak. He was a guy that got hurt a lot, and it, when you run hard at people, yes. the Niners do not have under Kyle. And part of it is the zone running scheme, juking. If you're a juke guy, like Shady McCoy, who's an all-time juker. <laughs> Right, he was kind of the not comparing him to Barry Sanders, but they both had this incredible chip hated him because in the zone scheme, there is we don't want you dancing around. Hit the hole. Well, it's like, well, hit the hole. I got these linebackers about to crush me. That's gonna hurt. And if you're running behind a good offense, uh, run blocking offense, if line, you're gonna get some. You're gonna build up speed. <laughs> There's gonna be some collisions. A lot of the Niners' injuries do happen down the field. I, I'm. <laughs> Uh, Jacques, is it Jacques, Jacques, Patrick, the the guy the Niners signed? 6'2", tw- uh, 234 pounds out of Florida State, John. XFL, played for the Vipers in 2020. Third in the I, XFL in rushing yards. I do think the running back position, if you are just going to lose a ton of guys, is by Jacques far, Kez. 
by far. The e- I think they they just steal this guy off the Bengals practice squad. I think I read yeah. it earlier today. Yep, Jock has. Guy, that he could, they could do seven of these moves. Florida you know, guy, Gatorade player of the year, John. So this guy gets injured three blue years chipper. later, or I mean three weeks later, grab another one. He's a blue you chipper. Could, yeah. Well, he no, he was a blue chipper, then he got to the NFL, and now he's an XFLer. Well, I, mean, I just mean like, to me, blue chip is, yeah, yeah, you're right. The guys you listed are NFL blue chippers. I'm just saying this guy is was a blue chipper most of his life. Yeah, some guys maintain it, like Trent. Just you know, less, but, the, but it just yeah. gets cut down. Every level you go, there's less blue chippers, right? Yeah. Right. I led Helotus Little League in home runs in seventh grade. I had one. Uh, no, I had three. I won the home run derby with one. I wasn't a blue chipper at any point. No one was like, this guy's defense. physicality, 200 feet. This guy's physicalities. No one ever said that. To dead center? What was the down the lines? 200 all the way around. And you, you clear that seventh grade? Yes. Seventh grade. Usually seventh, eighth grade. That Now it's a 200-foot fence. Fast pitch? In those little leagues. The players pitch. <laughs> I know. We pitched to ours, each other. I'm, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> so, anyway. No, that's... Um, uh, I think one thing that happens, and I find this more in college than the NFL. What? You know the pictures of the dads like lobbing it up to the little kids when oh, they're yeah. like nine? <laughs> with, with like another little kid as the pitcher just standing there who doesn't actually pitch. He's chasing yeah, he's down supposed to play D. dribblers. Um, I think one thing that happens, I've said it before, and because I, I say it a lot because I have to be cognizant of it myself. I think when you watch a team a lot, it's very easy, and I, it happens in college, where I'll look at like a top 25 and be like, that team's not a top 25 team. But really, if you go through a top 25, if you look at most teams, if you go look at Clemson, just pick a team. There's like two or three teams in any given year that are like just top to bottom. You wouldn't change anything. Right. That's not most teams. And that team doesn't always win the championship. Like how many teams coming into this year would you say if you had asked around the league universally, people would go top to bottom. That team's got it all. How many teams coming into the year? I think Tampa, Tampa might have been the only one. Yeah. Like Kansas City even, and we're seeing it yeah, right now. Defensively, flawed. they got some things to figure out. They were also 14-1 and one last year in games when they were like something with some shitty defensive stat. So the point is, like, yeah, their defense wasn't even good last year. <laughs> you know, Might be a little worse this year, though. But it's been two weeks. We'll see. Herbert. Honey Badger was, you know, on the COVID list. He came back. They, they, they're I just thought he had a pick. No, I'm saying he was back for the Baltimore game, but he had been oh. practicing. My point is they, they don't care about defense. Yeah, I just no, I, I'm just saying. I mean, how many teams beat them with that complete. perform with that shitty defensive performance? They don't have a Lamar. I mean, Raiders. Uh, what? Can you say something? But I mean, it's hater. Yeah, it's yeah. It might I come just, to bite them. It might come to bite them. By the way, Middlecoff. So we just we got asked earlier on on the YouTube chat. Oh, do I can't go. I can't go all the way back. God, some, there's some things I'm telling you with this. I can't go all the way back to 309 when this comment was made, and I can't fave a comment and bring it back later. It's pissing me off. Uh, the comment was made, are you guys going to – Alex, I think, asked us, are you guys going to be at the Niner game on Sunday night? The answer is no. We're actually going to be here. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, go to the YouTube. YouTube will do pregame show. Niners Packers will be on YouTube for the pregame. We haven't nailed down a time on that. We were thinking like four – 30 right yeah game but starts at 520 4 4 30 somewhere in there like probably well, if we do 440 we'll, we'll run out of time but anyway that's not why i bring it up i bring it up because no we are not going to be at the game but somebody else uh will be at the game they're at all the niner games in fact they're they got two tickets basically to every niner game and that is our friends 
at Puesto. This is elite. We have a, another advertiser, buddy of ours now, and um, he was listening to the show the other day. And he said, you guys got Puesto? Like, that's a legit, legit Mexican restaurant. And the answer is yes. Puesto, Alex um, is a huge, a huge fan. Well, maybe Eric. I feel like Eric might be the bigger fan than Alex of the show. But Alec, they're both very cool, the Adler brothers. And um, they've got this incredible Mexican restaurant, which is in Levi Stadium, as it turns out. They've got two locations at Levi Stadium, Section 110 and Section 129. So you guys got to go check them out. Yeah, I was, we were trying to get a time together to go this week. We might have to go next week to eat. There's one you know, relatively close to me in Concord. There's one in Santa Clara. Uh, it was founded in 2012 in La Jolla. No, decent place to found a restaurant in La Jolla, California. Uh, they're obviously up and down. There's a ton in Southern California, Concord and Santa Clara. If you live in the Bay area, go hit them up. Margaritas are fantastic. They make, here's the key. They make their own tortillas. Huh? There, there is nothing better than a freshly made tortilla and located. If you are at Levi's this weekend, here's what we need you to do. If you get one of their tacos, section 110 or 129, like with Tito's cocktails, I want a picture at Levi's of you with the taco at Puesto or, or a picture of the of the stand 110 or 129. Those are the sections they're in at Levi Stadium. Uh, you know, so I know a lot of people listening, or at least some people listening for sure, are going to go to this game. Kind of a big game. I don't know, Packers, Niners. Uh, as, you, so, as you used to say, heard of it? <laughs> yeah, Sunday Night Football, Al Michaels who might not be doing this much longer on on uh, NBC. I think it's going to be him and Peyton next year on Monday Night Football. You can... Yeah, chicken asada tacos. The the guy, they, they do this uh, crispy melted cheese. That just sounds... Remember the burger joint we ate when we you, the Raiders used to like us? Oh, a place uh, called in Napa. Um, Mel- uh, uh, it's going to come to me. It'll melted? Come to me. Something no. like that? No, it'll come to me. And you just it, basically take the cheese and you put it on you know the pan, and then it's incredible. I... I it Squeeze looks, in. Sounds incredible. Squeeze in. Squeeze in. Yep. Speaking of a listener, that was another listener. I think we were told they're shrimp tacos. They're most uh, desired, if I remember correctly, on the phone call. Uh, I love. I love, and I mean love, a good shrimp taco. Yeah, that, I think. That, I think you're right. I think that is what was said. But there's a ton of taco options. The bar over 500 tequilas. Um, but uh, let's see. Alex says, I'll be at the 50-yard line. I'll send the picture. Yeah, send us those pictures. Tortillas made in-house. She said that. They began brewing their own Mexican lagers <laughs> at all their locations. And uh, guess what, John? They won an award for one of their Mexican lagers at the Great American Beer Festival, including a silver medal in the international dark lager category. But, uh, oh, here we go. The quesa. I realized the other day on our when we were talking about Puesto, I was calling it a quesa. Que, quesa? Like quesa. Queso? Quesa birria. Quesa birria. Taco, the chicken asada. We got to get the TH in there. Asada. Asada. You didn't live um, in California long enough to get a good, like, uh, sp- yeah, I mean, you've lived here now for a long time. But I'm saying, I think in your youth, you know, you get that, develop that. Como te amas? My name is That's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was dropping that last night. He interviewed by the uh, Latino guy from ESPN. And he, he actually had some good, just, you know, yo quiero tequila. You know, he could just he could drop a couple go to that every really? guy in California could do. Yeah, it was impressive. Okay, JP Morosi like learned Spanish to interview uh, Spanish speaking baseball players, and and I did a very good job. Jason, by the way, on YouTube says the Puesto in San Diego was excellent. Uh, yeah, everyone who hears about it loves it. So go find it. 
go find it. And if you're if you're listening to the pod, we went through some of their uh, their stuff on YouTube. But Puesto baby, great to have you. Go eat it. Uh, we can't wait. We know you guys are going to love it, and, and definitely send us send us pictures. Uh, podcast also brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings, we're right now. Let me see how many we got available in uh, the Haberman and Middlecoff game. I'm going to guess 130. Uh, yeah, 129 spots uh, taken, so 71 spots less, left as of uh, Tuesday. And this game pays $450 to first place all the way down to $72 for ninth and 10th place. Um, promo code HAM. Promo code HAM when you sign up at DraftKings right now. Go to the App Store, download DraftKings, type in the promo code HAM when you download the app, and then play in our league. We have, obviously, a ton of people playing every week, people winning money. Not me or Guy, because we are terrible daily fantasy football players right now. I mean, I cannot put a team together that I feel confident about to save my life. So you just I might get 10 bucks. I might get relegated if I keep finishing in the bottom <laughs> 10 of this 200-person game. So download the app, promo code HAM. Uh, you can also play in other games. There are a ton of other sports when, when basketball's going with baseball. Obviously, with PJ golf tournaments are fun to play. I can't recommend it enough. I, I do that all the time. Uh, get in it right now. Download the DraftKings app, promo code HAM. Promo code HAM, promo code HAM, promo code HAM. Get in our league. If you have any trouble with that, let us know. Um, and uh, we'll help get you straightened out because we want you to get in. All right. Queso? Um, <laughs> queso. Is it queso? Do you say the U? Could I get a uh, tequila margarita? <laughs> Gracias. <laughs> Yo, Caro Taco Bell is pretty genius. Remember that marketing strategy? But I do. Was that the was that the dog or was that different than the dog? I was the that was the dog. John, right now the NFL's leading receiver is DK Metcalf. Debo Samuel started with a D. Good call. In Yak as well. So. We started talking about this. Can this guy lead the league in receiving for a season? Can this guy be, is he already like a top five, top 10 receiver? And is there anybody like him? That was the first question I asked. And I think the answer to the first question, is there anybody else like Debo Samuel is no. And the reason I say that is because I can't think of anybody like Debo Samuel. There are people that do some of the things he does. They look, but is there anybody like this guy? I text a couple scouts. Uh, one pro scout and one college scout. I said, do you have a comp for him? And both responses. Honestly, there aren't many. He's very unique. Best one I can think of is probably DJ Moore Hmm. from Carolina. The college scout said, you know, I haven't studied him since he got to the pros. College, my comp was body type and just a little bit college play style was Ty Montgomery which I actually think is much more like Debo, the body type. He kind of looks like a running back. He's really explosive. The The difference is Ty could never figure it out in the pros. Debo actually became like, to me, he's thicker than DJ, but DJ's a true like outside receiver where Debo is actually what Ty Montgomery was if Ty Montgomery ever became sweet in the pros, was supposed to be, because he actually is a very skilled wide receiver where I think Ty kind of struggled with. But in the open field, remember Ty in college was just dynamic, fast, could break tackles. It's kind of what Debo is. He's just like you. When I see DK Metcalf, I go, God, he kind of looks like Terrell Owens. When I see Tyler Lockett, I'm like, God, it's, you know, he's a little Deshaun Jackson y. Or, you know, they're just, you can do all these comps pretty easily with wide receivers. 
I do think Debo is very, very difficult to do. Ayuk, to me, is infinitely easier to do to find type guys that he plays like than Debo Samuel. I think what's unique about Debo is he is he is first and foremost a receiver. He's a receiver that can do running back things. Right. And when I say running back things, I don't mean you hand him the ball and let him run between the tackles. But I but you do get him the ball in in the same areas that you would get Alvin Kamara the ball and then let him make plays after that point in time. And I think what's unique about him is that he could probably play with any type of quarterback, right? Like it would be a waste. I'm thinking just because we just talked about it. It'd be a waste of Henry Ruggs to not play him with a big arm receiver. What's that? I was going to say Andy Dalton. Yeah, it'd be a waste. It'd be a waste of most. I think one thing is Debo is actually kind of underutilized downfield. You and I talked about this a lot in the offseason. Why we thought Trey Lance would be good for Debo is because Debo has that part of his game that you just don't get to utilize a lot. One thing that's happening right now, too, is that Ayuk is not contributing. And so Debo is like he's there's no there's no the twins or there's no nickname. It's just Debo Samuel. Get him the ball. They got a little ahead of themselves with the Yak boys. Remember that? (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, you know, part of that's Kittle, too. And Kittle has not been as big a part as the passing game. It's been Debo. 49er minded on YouTube says a faster version of Anquan. Anquan is actually the guy that I've thought of, too, when I look at him physically. Just in terms of muscles. (laughs) Percy Harvin with muscles. That's also a good one. I would imagine Percy, like in his prime shirt off, would look like he had some muscles, don't you think? Yeah, I think. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, but Percy, Percy, it was more about like, here's nine different ways to get the ball to Percy, right? Well, because I think Percy was viewed. He wasn't as good as a receiver. Yeah, I mean, he was a better version of what all the NFC West teams did with their guys, right? More Tutu and Eskridge. Like, just like, is he the fastest guy in the league? what Deshaun was for a while, but Deshaun was a great receiver. That's always goes back to Deshaun when you get a true speed guy. It's like, well, yeah, he could play receiver. Debo, it's like, well, what is he? Well, I don't know. He can get open. He's a fantastic route runner. Did you see the play last night when Devontae, they hit the deep bomb, the Devontae Adams? Yeah. When you are a great route runner, Devontae was viewed coming out as not fast enough. Like that was the knock on Devontae. And I think what Devontae, if you just had a a round table, Devontae, Keenan Allen, Anquan Bolden, Raiders Crabtree, you know, just the guys that have had just really, really good seasons that people go, yeah, he's not fast enough. They go, I don't, I put a four, three corner against me. I will, how many, how many wide receivers or how many corners does Keenan Allen line up against that he's faster than him? I'll tell you, there's not, there's not been one since he's been in the NFL. He's lined up a guy over him. Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, by, the, by his older by the age. End. Yeah, 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 by the end. So the, the but and Sherman was a dying breed of player, right? In his last couple of years in the league, even with the Niners, most guys and now Josh Norman, but the majority of players at cornerback, you you see when the combines going, when the corners start running like the wide receivers, it's all four three eight, four four two, four four one. It's like four five two. It's like oh, he's dropping to the fifth, you know. But wide receivers, historically, a ton of guys. You know, and it, I just—if you just ask the casual Niner fan, they would not say Debo is a speed demon. Yet when I watch him the last two weeks, he's caught balls and separated from people. Play speed matters, and getting open matters. It just does. I, I C- think CD, CD Lamb the other day in the Cowboys game when they almost ran that option at the end of the half, you see him just cut and just like Jesus, look at this well, guy's play speed. CD's kind of the guy that I think if you were trying to find current, like I thought Chase Claypool. Now he doesn't fit the physical. Comparison because Chase, Chase Claypool, Claypool like six four. He's much bit yeah. He's taller, 
But again, it's hard. You like you got to make some concessions if you're looking for a comp because there aren't a lot of guys. And I think this like part of it is Kyle, right? Where if you can get Debo, if part of the reason I think he looks fast, he's he's not always running with somebody who just is running stride for stride with him. That's the beauty of being on offense. You know where the play is going. The defensive player does not. So you have an advantage. And if you're running at full speed, I I do think I've probably undersold or undersold Debo a little bit. He fell in the draft, not because people didn't think he was a baller, his injuries, right? Unlike like Claypool, for example, fell in the second round because people thought he was slow. Debo, people thought the guy could play. Remember, I remember when he first got here, you and I did a deep dive on him and like a podcast segment and his injury history was pretty riddled. Remember, he missed a ton of games. I think that was the reason. And again, fell. He was a high second round pick. He, I think he was viewed as a really good player. If he had three straight years, sophomore, junior, senior, whatever, at South Carolina, where he was playing 11 games, I think he probably goes in, in the 20s. Wayne Corbett comp. Cross-racial. Cross-racial, baby. That's what you're always looking for. That's the cream, the creme de la creme of the, of the comps is the cross-racial comp, yeah. I believe, if you believe. We, we, both, we both agree. Um, I got a comp, I got yeah. a comp from, uh, on Travis Kelsey from an NFL coach the other day. So what do you think of Travis Kelsey? He's like, he's Larry Bird. I'm like, Larry Bird? He's like, yeah, he's a dude that shows up in kind of the rougher neighborhood at a park with just some ballers, and they all go, this guy's going to fucking play with us? And three games later, he has scored on literally everyone, and everyone wants him on their team, and he's kicking the shit out of everyone. Interesting comp. The thing is, Kelsey is a physically... But I, mean, I just mean, big, like, you, you go... The touchdown he scored on Sunday night, you just go, this guy is not going to be the best player on the field. He's the best player on the field beside Mahomes most nights. Yeah. Yeah. But Larry I would say the big. difference Larry is like, was big. Larry was 6'8". Yeah, whatever, Larry right? was big, but Larry was not, you know. Not perfect comp, but it did rim. have like, some. Think, yeah, no. You wouldn't go, hey, this is this might be the best tight end in NFL history. <laughs> right. 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 Um, so... <laughs> Tito Samuel. I like that. Um, so the question is, can he, can he lead the league in receiving? Um, but doesn't it go back to what I said about like him coming out? I mean, he's yes. Him playing 17 games would be, I mean, Kyle Shanahan would do cartwheels up and down his office right now. If you said, Hey, what would you do for Debo Samuel to play 17 games? He's made enormous plays in back-to-back games. Well, one thing you worry about is like if he's not available, does does Ayuk just like okay now Ayuk's going to get 11, 11 balls? Why well, I, I told you this before the uh, before we got on here, I watched Arizona uh, on Game Pass a couple days ago, and the one thing that stood out you thought NAU like, NAU looked good. Well, not, oh, no, the not, Car- Arizona Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals. I, I didn't I didn't check out Jed Squad. No, you know Jed, a little quieter on social media. But that's usually happens after you lose three straight games. That we go, God, Trent Sherfield. What what are the Cardinals? You see, Larry Fitzgerald, what, what is going on here? Their wide receivers are elite. I mean, they got Hopkins. AJ Green, in fairness, looks pretty good right now. Rondale Moore, the kid they drafted from Purdue, I'm pretty sure was like a four-two flat guy. He looks amazing. And Christian Kirk is pretty freaking good. So I just maybe they were just like, listen. We like the guy, but I mean, our receivers are stacked. What do you want yeah. us to do? Yeah, right. It's, so I, it I think good, that's more of, I, I will give them credit. Like it was just, you don't have an unlimited amount of space for everyone. You lose guys. Well, the Niners yeah. with Kendrick. Good teams. Do, would the Niners have wanted to keep Kendrick Bourne? 
just if all things were equal, for sure. Yeah. Right? Yep. Nick Ballore, I saw him make a special teams tackle for the Seahawks this weekend. Um, he is, Niners like if, and Seahawks have liked a lot of the same players over the years. Man. A DJ Reed bullshit celebration penalty, taunting penalty. Um, what did he do? Wave at someone? Well, he broke up like he was step for step with Julio down the sideline and kind of looked right at Julio. And I don't remember exactly what he did. But See the Julio really touchdown stupid. that they overcalled? I thought he was in. I did too. The rule doesn't make any sense. James Lofton actually said it during the broadcast. If you're running towards the sideline and you catch the ball and you drag your toes and all you do is drag your toes, you're inbounds. But if you catch it with your back to the out of bounds area, your toes come down first and then your heels hit out of bounds, you're out of bounds. But if you drag your toes, you're saying, why don't you get credit for the toe hitting? Yeah. The toe hits, you have possession plays over touchdown. Is that the, uh, clearly it's the rule. Yeah. I'm just saying if you, if you drag, if you drag your toe from inbounds to out of bounds, not that's a touchdown. If you, Touchdown with your toe, and then your heel hits out of bounds. Not a touchdown. That is an incredible point by James Lofton, is it not? Okay, that's just no one thinks about that. That is very thoughtful. Obviously, he's a Hall of Fame wide receiver, so he thinks like that's genius. Right. He hates to see a receiver lose a uh, lose lose. Anyway, so if he's if he continues this pace, seven and a half catches. He's not leading the league in receptions right now. He's leading in yards. But if he stays on this pace of like seven and a half, that's that's one hundred and twenty-seven catches. That's what Stephon Diggs led the league with. Last year was 127 catches. It'd be a lot. But when you look at the guys that lead the league in catches, it's not the fastest guys by and large. No, it it's usually Devontae, it's like Keenan and Allen, Hopkins, and yeah. Waller. I mean, Waller's. I mean, Waller and Kelsey. Those guys are freaks. So they're matchups. Allen Robinson, okay. Keenan, Juju was ninth. Was going to be guys getting open a lot within 15 yards. Like a lot of, you know, it's going to sound bad because Devontae and Keenan aren't this, but they do play a role, possession receivers, right? When I say possession receivers, I just mean when I think Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins, and Devontae, I think I put them in the similar category, right? Not the fastest guys, incredible contested catches, can run slants over the middles, can go high point balls, like, you know, on the sidelines, they just all kind of play the same way. And I would say Debo has more parallels to them than he does like the speed guys. Yeah. And I still think it's somewhat untapped. XOR underscore one, 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 one says on YouTube, let's pray for his hamstring. Keenan, Keenan Allen is, yes, I, I would take Devonte over him, but he's fucking good. I bet Herbert's like, God, this is pretty sweet to get to. And Mike Williams is pretty good too. I know. It's pretty that, good team is, that team is good. This week they play the Chiefs. That'll be Brandon Staley against the Chiefs. He was pretty big one, John. Did you notice he was getting pretty a- angry? On I Sunday. liked it a lot. Like I thought he looked really comfortable as the head coach. Yeah, right? I do. I thought he looked really comfortable, and they just as opposed to David Culley, who uh, did you see that play? I I saw it. The long explanation. I'm like, you know, I just don't have the brain cells. Basically, <laughs> there's a penalty, and they have two options to either get to get the ball like third and uh, 12 or fourth and two. And they opted for the fourth and two and then punted. So they could have had it. I, I knew, I knew that. Down. I knew that part. And then he gave the explanation that he admit to screwing up. I think he did. Yes. But he, and he kind of said that basically our offense was so terrible. I didn't watch him, watch him play anymore. I think that's what he said after the game. Oh, I didn't catch that part. Promo go to hamstrings. 
Uh, but yeah, that's. I think Staley looks in control. I'm not, I'm not going to judge a guy just from yelling and screaming, but I just thought he looked. Do you know what I thought when I just saw the uh, the explanation? Not the explanation because I didn't read it, but w- once I figured out what he did, isn't that kind of a tanking move? And isn't ultimately they trying to lose? Yeah, if, that, if that's what he's trying to do, then okay. But little Tom Suley, right? Yeah. Big week for the NFC West, John. Big week already. A swing week. Because they actually, if you look ahead in the schedule as we have, the NFC West has two humongous weeks coming up in week three and week four. They play each other. The next two weeks after this week, we're in week three of the NFL season. I think I said week three. We're in week three of the NFL season now, right? Week four and week five are huge weeks in the NFC West. In week four, next week, Niners host the Seahawks. Rams host the Cardinals. The next week after that, week five, Niners visit the Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks host the LA Rams. I didn't I didn't know that second part. I mean, I knew the yeah. Niners game. I didn't know the Rams Seattle. Ooh, that's a weekend guy. But this is a weekend too. Yeah, it is. Well, to me, why this weekend's big is because Arizona is playing Jacksonville, who is terrible. But the game is there. And if you look at Arizona last year, they just had, and they you kind of had against Minnesota, but I think it's fair to say Minnesota for a team that's, if you just add up, I think they went seven and nine last year. Now they're 0 and two. So they are seven and 11 in their last, however many games, right? 18 games. They're clearly probably a little bit better than that record. Their defense has just given up these enormous plays. They're probably more like a nine and seven, 10 and six team who have just maybe led the league in explosive plays, and that's bit them in the ass, and they have missed more fucking field goals than anyone I've ever seen. So I get the Cardinals, they, that was just a big-time game. They made more plays that happened. Jacksonville's a completely different level. But last year, the Cardinals went into games like this and just kind of went like, whatever. And all of a sudden, you look up, and it'll be a tie game in the third quarter. They are the most likely team of the group to do that, where the Niners and the Packers, there's no... Like, that's a game for both sides, right? There's no, like, we got to get up for this game. That's a, those two teams are locked in. I'd even say it's a bigger game. Definitely nationally, it's going to feel bigger. Rams are hosting Tampa. Yep. You see, you see Tom's post. He had the California shirt on. He's like going back to Cal. That's a, that's, you know, if you had to do the top five games in the NFL, you could argue that was probably preseason one circled, right? Yeah. And then the Rams actually, you know, it was tight, but they won. So they're two and all. Uh, yeah, so, so they're both two and zero. Well, all the I guess Seattle. And you only get. And the other thing is, you only get one bye this year. I mean, you got that last year too, right? Yeah, but back to Seattle, Minnesota. I mean, I haven't brought up Seattle playing Minnesota, but the Minnesota, like I said, they are not your typical team that's just not as good as the. Like, I guess let me reverse that. They're better than their record has shown. They, they're a scary team. Yeah, and Seattle's going there. Minnesota. Forget who they played week one, but obviously they just played Atlanta. I don't even know if they played a home game yet. That that place we know Skull. That place rocks. Skull. What I, Duval wants to be Skull. I mean, that's that's a sneaky harder game. They I, lost to the Bengals week one. Yeah, I was hoping when I looked at some lines. Was, so this is their home opener. I was hoping they would be like a four and a half point underdog because I thought Minnesota might be value this week, but they're only a two point underdog. As of this recording, I would have loved Minnesota this week if Seattle was two and zero. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm with you because that you're uh, right. Then that number would have been four and a half or something, and it would have been the right. And if you would watch Minnesota, you go, "Whoa, 
They can really. I mean, Jefferson, uh, as Akeem Talib says, third and Thielen. Uh, Dalvin Cook is a fantastic player. Kirk Cousins is not bad. He's just not. I mean, he's just... Kyle was right. I mean, he's not as good as I think Kyle envisioned him being, but he's pretty good. But what's weird about him is that for all the things we attach to, like those some of those that Kyle type, quote unquote, Kyle would hate that. Is he actually hits like you said, big plays, like big throws? Well, they, I like think they. The I think they throw bombs. Um, the there was a quote in Albert Breer's MMQB this week from Cliff Kingsbury, and I think it'd be easy to take it out of context. So I don't want to take it out of context. But I'll read it to you with some context. What he was saying was there used to be some veterans that were here for a long time, and now they're not. And so that is, you know, basically left the leadership void. And he said this about Kyler. Um, it's time to take over and do everything you can to help lead this organization where you want to take it. I've seen a different work ethic, a different leadership style, a different approach on a daily basis. So we just got to get that, keep that going. And I read that because... What I think is, is Cliff, what I wonder is, is Cliff saying we had leaders before, now they're gone, Kyler stepping into that role with his natural leadership qualities, or yeah, Kyler wasn't a great leader previously, and we're still working on that with him, and we got to keep it going. If I was defending Kyler on this one. which But again, I, I don't want to take that out of context. It's hard well, to I, know, think I, I, think it's, it. I think it's clear what you're saying is right. He is a younger player. It is hard for younger players to just be team leaders. Now, I would say by his second year, he was clearly so good. If he had leadership qualities, he should have just taken the team by the, you know, they pulled by the horns, right? And just been the clear guy. Clearly, Larry Fitzgerald has said some things without saying some things. Uh, it's maybe he's just not a natural leader. Sometimes you're just, some people are just not natural leaders. It's just that simple. Not, not everyone's rah, rah, come with me. But it's okay to not be that guy. Are you also, as long as you're not, a negative effect, right? As long as you're not a quarterback diva. He has. I mean, they are just the last two years right now. They were eight and eight. They're now 10 and eight. Like he's, yeah, I he don't hasn't watch been them. a losing player. No. And when you watch them, I don't think, oh, they got a problem here. I, I don't think that. But you do hear enough of these things that I just wonder what is, is Cliff saying something else? The irony is saying? I'm defending. I am shorting the Arizona Cardinals. I, they are not going to make the playoffs. I think they will crumble in the second half. And when I say crumble, it might be a, nine and eight, 10 and seven year, but I do not envision them making the playoffs. But you could argue this week, I mean, if one of these teams, because they're all, it's basically a round robin, goes 2-0 and in week four and week five, they're going to be in pretty good shape, right? Well, especially, yes. What if it's Arizona and they've won at the Rams? Well, then I my take on them, they got a pretty good lead. <laughs> I mean, if they beat, the, wait, the Niners go Packers, Seattle, Rams, Seattle, Arizona, right? Right. Seattle at home at Arizona. The Rams. What game would go, you say? What if you are going to win two of three? These next three games, two of three. Which ones would you choose for the Niners? Yeah, two divisional games. Probably, yeah, because you get them an L. Packers already have an L. Yeah, I, I'm with you. You would choose. I think all th four of these teams would go. I would. You start sweating a little bit. You're at the bottom of the division of a good division. Yeah, you want to beat the teams in your division, for sure. Um, these teams are. Here's what I say as a as a cardinal hater, and and I guess my my fundamental hate hates a wrong word. Hate, 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 my hate, fundamental hate. questionable. Uh, my thought process on them. You're not buying it. 
well, I just don't buy the coach. He's never won a big game. His philosophical beliefs on football always tend to lead to poor defense. Like, it just does, historically. Defense is in Arizona, obviously in Texas Tech. They, it just doesn't create a powerful culture in practice. And, you know, the other teams, you know, you can say Seattle has been kind of Swiss cheese defense. But I know this. When I've seen them come to big games, they are willing to just get like four concussions and just fly around like this is the most physical team I've ever seen, even if they don't have the old bodies that they used to have. They have no problem playing like that. And the Rams do have the bodies, and same with the Niners. But these games, man, I mean, it's that's a pretty awesome stretch. I didn't realize the other two teams played each other as well. That's fantastic. So get, get your wins in this week because – People L's are getting handed out in the NFC West the next two. But weeks. you could argue like with the Niners and the Rams, even though both those teams, it would suck because they're both getting a home game that you can make it up immediately the next two weeks. Yeah. It's not make or break. I'm just saying there are L's getting handed out in the NFC West in weeks four and week five. It's yeah. that is a guarantee. It's a fact. Unless you get ties, which is possible. I had someone propose this to me. They said, if there's a tie at the end of overtime, why doesn't the NFL do this? Both kickers go out to the 45-yard line. Kick, kick. Then they move it back five yards. Just who misses first? Well, college overtime's better than that. Didn't you say the college overtime's got new rules? Yeah. And it's, it? it's way better than that. Like, I think, well, the first overtime in college is regular. You just get the ball, <laughs> you know, it's normal. Second overtime in college, you got to go for two. If you well, score a touchdown. That's been that way for a while. Right? It used to be the third overtime you had to do that. So now that's okay. the second OT. Third OT is we just take turns doing two-point conversions. One shot. One shot from the two-and-a-half-yard line. I go, you go. We both got it. I go, you go. We both got it. Or I guess it reverses. You go, I go. I think that just happened in a game because there was a four-overtime game this weekend. I don't know what game. It was I think was it was it Utah, lower. was it? Yeah, I think it was Utah-San Diego State went to overtime. Yeah. But did they get to three or four? I didn't think they did, but... Maybe they did. So by the four, by the fourth by third, overtime, third. Th- damn, that happens fast. Yep, it's regular. It's got to go for two after a score. Then it's all go for two. I don't you like that more than field? I mean, field goal kicking, I'm yeah. on board with. But don't you like that more than field goal? That kicking? one, that 105 kickoff week four, Arizona at Los Angeles, Seattle at San Francisco. That's that's good. Seattle. So they're both one. We don't get, obviously, you're not going to, no market's going to get both of those. No, it sucks. Same thing then the next week. Yep. There you go. That's, it's big. It is big. Oh, who, Ari Wasserman of, um, no, no, excuse excuse me. Thursday, Ram Seattle is a Thursday night game. Oh, that's pretty good. That's Rams-Seattle, so that's the week five Thursday night game. So that's, that's two a, weeks. That's an elite Thursday night game. Okay. I think it was, Sunday night, for- it was Sunday night football. Was It, it was Seattle-Arizona last year when DK had the play, right? Chased down Buda Baker. Yeah. Yep. So Ari Wasserman wrote in The Athletic, Reggie Bush – Reggie Bush brought it up. Reggie Bush said it on uh, – Saturday morning on Fox. I didn't know that. How about Dion to USC? Dion said, I'm good where I am. But you couldn't, could he turn down? I'm sorry, Coach, Coach Sanders. I'm thankful Reggie mentioned me. I'm thankful that he thought of our friendship, that I could be a candidate or whatever. I appreciate that. But I'm locked in, man. I'm locked in. I'm locked in. 
Someone forwarded me an article at, at some website that covers the SEC about Lane. Would Lane entertain leaving? Mm-hmm. And I, I do think there are just some names floating around with USC that are going to be a little – but to me, if, if the USC hired Lane, I would applaud. Like, I think that would be – he is a completely different guy now. Dion would be infinitely at this point in time, would you agree with this, riskier than Lane Kiffin? I know yeah, Lane I don't can view, coach. I, don't view, I know Lane calls the plays, and I, don't view I Lane know he can risk. recruit. I don't view Lane as a risk. Would you give – what if you were given grades, like coaching hires, I know it's stupid, but – like to me, Lane Kiffin was hired. I give him like a B plus. Like I think he's a pretty good coach now. Uh, you know, I might even give him an A because I think, I think it would require. Some, it, you don't usually do that. No, you don't. You never do that. Go back to the well where it ended. Pretty. It was. It was not good. You only go like, back to the well when the guy was good. Yeah, you go back to the uh, uh, Bill Snyder, or yeah. Barry Alvarez, right? These guys that are legends. You rarely do it. So I think I'd give him an A on lane. I give him Washington, an a. Washington AD just texted me. He said, Chris Peterson. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that the other day because if now they play, actually they play Cal this week. If they were to not win a league game, which I doubt would happen to them, but if it were to happen to them, I, I think they'd make it. Well, aren't, aren't you going up there this weekend? Doesn't get yeah. Haberman on the call. That's right. Cal, I, I, would, I would say you lose to Cal. That'd be a pretty, I'd say you'd start to be. I'm not saying get fired. I'd say it's it's just it would be well, bad. I think lose it would be bad in the sense that you lost, not that you lost to Cal. You know what I mean? Just if you yeah, don't. Well, win I'm not any saying games. like Cal's like uh, Nevada or anything, but actually Nevada beat Cal. <laughs> but <laughs> you know what? I mean? <laughs> yeah, Cal's just some also ran program. My point is that all of a sudden you beat a team in the league where you just view yourself yes. as a as a higher level program. Totally. Yep. I, I, yeah, I mean, uh, yes, yep. It's like it's anyway, like Ed, Ed Odron I, is a LSU or is a Ole Miss loss away from like Lane taking his job. LSU loss. You said it right. The first I'm saying time. I'm saying Ole Miss beats LSU. Then all of a sudden, oh, right. he gets fired. They come after Lane. Yeah. Who do they play this week? LSU. Anyway, Mississippi State. So I give him an A on Lane. I give him an A on James Franklin. I give him an A on Chris Peterson. I, there are some A's out there. I'd give him an A for effort on Dion. Like I'd give him an A for taking a shot. I'm not sure if we really got down to brass tacks when we're sitting in the room with us and you know the 49 other board of directors at SC and Mike Bone, the AD, was sitting across. Was like, "What do you think? Should I do it?" I'd be like, "I don't know that you should, but I'm not sure that you shouldn't." I would talk to him for sure. I would. Talk I'd be to him. Yeah, yes. I would interview Dion. I would interview Dion. I think sometimes these guys get a uh, knock. Harbaugh is probably, it feels like, separated a little bit with Lamar from Tomlin. But they, like, watch Tomlin. He's not calling the defense. He's not calling the offense. Good leader. I mean, I like Mike Tomlin. But, like, in the game against the Raiders, like, what's he really doing? We're in college football, like, watching the Penn State-Auburn game. James Franklin doesn't do either either, right? He's just there, kind of hanging. Honestly, I was I had a bunch of edibles. He his role. I mean, I'm just like this is all he does in the game, and I think sometimes the CEO coach takes on that role. Pat Hill did this. He was the referee guy, screaming at the ref all over the ref. So his other coaches focus on the plays. He's just on top of the refs and like telling his guys out of boys. That's all he does in the game. He he doesn't do anything else. Clock management. Yeah. So clock management and yell at the ref. Just hard. Where I, but that is something in foot in college football. Nick plays that role now 
you know, and he has for a while. Urban, that's that was his role. Chris Peterson, was he the offensive coordinator his last couple of years at Washington? Was he calling no. the plays? So do you think that the CEO head coach, it's much more popular in college football, right, than it is in the pro? Like, it's not as, I guess, looked down upon as college football If you because you're a great recruiter, right, like James Franklin or Urban and, was. Or, and, yeah, and organize, having, like, all of these, you know, like you don't. Mar- Mario, I mean, it's he's not calling anything. He, no, he's a, no, he's not. But it, he never has. He's an offensive line coach, right? Um, but he, Andy he, Reid, Pat Hill, ever heard of him? Same thing. I, I think it. Yeah. Well, that's why Andy I, call, Andy I, I, I know. I want to talk to Joe Staley about whether he would become an offensive coordinator if you ever coach for Kyle, but because then he could become a head coach. Um, but I think in college it's more important because you got think of all the school you. The same family has owned Mike Tomlin, the, the Packers, for eternity. Like yeah. they don't need any tips on how to run the building, but in college, your AD might know nothing about football. I'm not saying that's the case at SC. I'm just saying that, that organizational kind of um, uh, uh, value, I think, is it's value at every level, but it's it, it can be particularly valuable the college game. James Franklin, I'm looking. I guess he was an OC. He was the OC at Maryland before he got the Vandy job. For how many years? I think it was like one. Two, and then he was the OC before that somewhere else, okay. but not a very long stretch. So uh, anyway, but yeah, I I would talk to Dion and I'd go, am I, re- am I really thinking about this? But yeah, I, I'd think about it because th- their problem, you said this to me beforehand, like he could, he'd recruit. And recruiting is not SC's primary issue, but it is an issue. Now, their recruiting got better after they gave Clay Helton an extension. Their player development is their problem. Their player development is a it's it's wild. That's why you know the, the last time they hired a coach, there were some rumblings that Kyle Whittingham would take that job at Utah. And I think there are a lot of things where if you just ask somebody casually, what do you think? They'd say, well, it's not really a match. But what you cannot deny is Utah develops players. There's this um, magazine called the Pick Six Previews, and they do like a uh, uh, they do like a running four year average of your recruiting rankings versus where your players get drafted in the NFL. And Utah is for a period of time was at the top of that list, like coming into last year. Generally, they're because most of the guys they send to the NFL are not four or five. They stars. take three star recruits and they make them NFL players, right? SC like, takes four or five star recruits and. Not even NFL players, second and third round picks. Right. And so, that wasn't that why Pat Hill got so much respect for all those years, right? Produce all those NFL yes. guys yep. that were nothing. It's a good point. So, uh, you know, I I do think now I don't think there's nothing to the I there's just something to make SC cool, but it is going to come down to winning games. And um what's is Dion's, easier, what's Dion's you, record you, right now? Uh, I don't know. He won a game I saw on ESPN like seven to six earlier this season. Did you see Shane Beamer's uh, talk after the game that kind of went viral after he yep. played Georgia? Head coach at the, Shane Beamer coached South Carolina. He's Beamer, job, he's, right? he's Virginia Tech's yeah his dad. You know who was his dad? He had Shane Beamer was on with Drew Hill and Lincoln Riley. I guess worked for Lincoln Riley was on the staff with Drew Hill, <laughs> and uh, took the job. I think he had worked there. Shane Beamer had been a little like uh, kind of like a Brett Brenneman, Brett Brennan. 
Brennan. You know, a wide receiver coach, you know, at bigger programs, same deal as him. He was Spurrier's wide receiver coach, you know, in their heyday, quote unquote heyday, like the best three run in program history. So they kind of went back to the well. He gets his ass kicked by Georgia. And one of the questions was, was like, uh, why couldn't you run the ball today? And he starts grabbing his head and he starts laughing. He goes, guys, that's the best defense I've ever seen. He said, every single human over there is a five-star, enormous, complete ass kicker. He's like, it's like I don't even know. I'm at a loss just seeing those guys in warm-ups than trying to play them. Like, he's like, I don't think – I think that's the best defense in the country by a mile, which everyone agrees. But his point was, at the end of the day, they have so much more talent than we do. There is nothing – I could have come up with Walsh, Parcells, Spurrier, and Lombardi could have given me plays. It would not have mattered today. And I do think college football, much more than the NFL, like obviously you would want Trent Williams and the George Kittles and Jalen Ramseys and Jamal Adams on your team. But it has proven over and over that you can get to the NFL playoffs a little harder to win the Super Bowl, but like even win playoff games and not have the most talent. I would say it is consistently proven that the top guys win in the college football. Big. With the best players. And USC, like Oregon's just getting better players in LA than they are. Like that's a problem. Right? Can that guy, when Kayvon Thibodeau is coming out, does that guy leave LA or does he go to USC? Because I know if that was 2006, there is not a chance on God's green earth that that guy is not the starting defensive end for USC. Yeah, right? and I agree with that. I also think the world we we say that a lot, and the world has changed. Right? The idea of going from LA to Ohio no, but, or but, but the Louisiana point is you have to be a top five program. I agree. To get that guy. No, no, I agree. I'm just saying the world had it's, like we're constantly trying to recreate Pete Carroll. Well, how about just create a new thing? It doesn't like Pete's gone, and that era's gone. But if you are this premium program, I agree. No, no, I agree with your point. You I'm just, just saying land the guy in the backyard. I right? agree. I agree. I'm just saying it. I don't think you can. I don't think you can secure local products at the rate that anybody did in the in the 2000s. Well, just look at it 2000s. like uh, some of the viral videos over the years when LSU was a power program and Louisiana historically is pulled, you know, I mean, sent out several like top 20 players in a class. Some of them go to Alabama, right? That has to sting. Remember the famous one, Landon Collins and his mom was furious Couldn't and he puts believe, on the yeah, Alabama the ESPN announcement. And that's not that, it's still happening. You know, Alabama can land a guy from Georgia, vice versa. Like it's, you're right. It's, it's never going to be that way. Like every sweet kid in LA that Pete wanted, he always got actually except Deshaun Jackson. That didn't go his way. Didn't leave the West coast though. Went to Cal. I think it was the story reads or goes that Deshaun read in the LA Times. They were they can't wait to get him on campus and utilize him on the offense. Deshaun was like, I haven't committed yet. And uh, you know, it might have been some also funny business going on behind the scenes, but he ended up up here with Marshawn and the rest is history. But think about that. Think about that era with Cal. Yeah. Cal had a one they had a, a three or four year stretch where as a program, they could hang with not just PK, they were a big time program. They had so many. He landed, I mean, Alex Mack. I mean, and now Alex Mack, let's say he's a blue chip guy coming out of Santa Barbara. If you said he's staying on the Pac-12, I'd be like, are you going to end up in Oregon? That's where I would guess. Maybe. I asked, I was, I've been doing these games Pac-12 Network with Shane Vereen, and we were just up at Oregon last week. They play together? Uh, Maybe Shane's a little Probably. Shane's like 32. How old is Alex Mack? I think he's like 37. So I said, did you, did Oregon recruit you? He's like, I yeah. Shane, I think Alex Mack like snapped to Aaron Rodgers when he was young. He, he came out in like 07. He's been the, yeah. he's been the pros a long time, Alex Mack. 
So I asked him, did, you, did Oregon recruit you? He said, yeah, they were the first team that recruited me. And I said, well, why didn't you go here? He's like, well, academically, Cal was just, that's what I want. I knew what I wanted to do. Like, acad- where'd, Cal's where'd academic. Where'd go to high school? Where's Vereen from? From Southern California. Okay. So I wouldn't surprise me if Mac maybe, like Cal does get some Mac, guys. Mac, like Mac was 09. Mac was a little older than I thought. So maybe he didn't snap to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Jack Del Rio, USC coach, Frank says. I actually, I mean, you're talking about a 500 NFL coach. I think organizationally, remember how much he changed the Raiders? Like, guys, we need a weight room. Now, S- sauna. A sauna. <laughs> was the weight room a parking lot? No. What was the deal? I think, I just think it was a disaster. Yeah. So they I didn't have fields. Uh, here's what I know about Jack Del Rio. He's going to actively try to get this job. Yeah. He's going to actively try to get this job. The thing I would be worried, because I'm with you, I think he would be fine. I think he could recruit. I think he would be solid if they gave him money to hire good coaches. I think he would be, I think he'd be good with guys. I think he's good with players, right? Just He's got this former player, but also this tough guy, kind of old school. Little less, I think, you know, button down Rivera, but in that mold, I think that's why they're buddies. I would just be a little worried that he comes to SC if they gave him five or six million dollars a year. Am I getting? I think the first year he'd work. I just by your is he uh, are, is he true grinder? Are you getting a twenty four seven recruiter? Yeah, because I think he'd give you a lot of effort early. I just wonder if it he would be and they all are. But I do know this about James Franklin. At James Franklin's core, he knows his separating factor right now is recruiting. Like, that's what makes him the reason he's viewed as, like, a top coach in college. And it's going to be interesting. Like, that is his separating factor. And he just can never pull off that pedal, right? He has to floor that. Because that is his point of difference. Where I think what's scary about Pete Carroll, Urban Meyer, and Nick Saban is they go, we like doing that too, and we can scheme the shit out of you, right? Urban was an innovative offensive guy with Alex Smith. Because I was talking to a buddy in the league, I was like, "Is Urban even that great schematically?" He's like, "Yeah, he was. He was ahead of the curve with the RPO stuff back in the early 2000s, you know, with Alex." I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, he he got away from that. Like he didn't call plays, but he's an offensive innovator." Nick and Pete are, you know, I think they'll go down as two of the great defensive minds in football history, right? I mean, Pete created a defense that literally everyone copied all around the league, and his guys all got jobs. Yeah. Now it it you know, ran out ran its course, but I would say Pete was pretty uh pretty innovative schematically. Now Jack, here's what I will say about Jack. He has now been a defensive coordinator in some pretty good defenses, right? Denver before he got the yeah, Raider the, job and now I think this, the, like I don't think he knows nothing. I think sometimes I, I'm guilty of this. I talk about him like he is just Tom Sewell or something when it comes to scheme. He calls defenses and they're the they tend to be pretty is, good. The question is can he get you to the national championship conversation? Can he get you well, to the college but, football? But that player? would be my pushback on James Franklin. James Franklin, hiring James Franklin, I think has a potential to be a letdown because I think he could bring you what he's doing to Penn State now, and he still falls short. He'll never live up to it. No, nah, he's just he brings you what he's doing, but he doesn't bring Ohio State in his division with him. Like, do you think James Franklin gets them to the playoffs in three years? I think he's got a shot to get them to the playoff in three years. Yeah. Well, teams are physical. I mean, it, well, they're physical because he's recruiting the best players. <laughs> and I think that's the key is like, here's a guy who's not, who has substance, but is not afraid to be a personality out there and kind of be a lightning rod for his program. Does it less at Penn State than he had to at Vandy probably? Because Vandy, he needed to be kind of the sales guy. I'm not saying this in a negative way. I think he's the safest hire. 
And that's assuming he might not, he gets eight, nine million dollars. He could make the playoffs this year. He, to me, is not a lock to leave. He's a PA guy. I talked to a buddy that goes through that school. He's like, James Franklin's cool as shit. I really like him. Like, people, yeah, I hear that they, a lot. I've heard, I've heard the way he was described, just like Matt Rule. Like, bro, he's a great guy. Like, he is, and that's not every, that's not every coach. I could name a couple, Josh Heupel. People do not like, they like this guy. And that, yeah. to me, means something like, that's part of, when you were that, Pete had that, Chris Peterson had that. They just kind of get it. They're just, Saban right. has that. They're just get it, guys. Huh. And James is. That's that's the worry with Jack. It's just a lot of newness. Like he just, there's an element that he's just never done. He's been an NFL guy. How long's Jack been an NFL guy? 40 years now? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Long time. You're right. The, the comp with Pete, you'd be like, well, Pete was a lifetime NFL guy before he transitioned back. You know, he'd been an NFL coach. I'd say it's, yeah, it's, Times have changed a little bit. But if you're good, if you're smart and football guy, like you could figure things out. If you're willing to. If you're willing to, yeah. John, let's tell the people about Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Promo code HAM. Get your 20% off and free shipping. Get the performance package 4.0. Get the lawnmower 4.0. Now available. At manscaped.com, promo code AM. Water resistant. It is has LED lighting, so if it's a little dark, you can see. I can speak from experience having used the lawnmower 2.0, lawnmower 3.0, lawnmower 4.0. I, I mean, they, we've been in business with Manscaped for a while. It is by far, you know, we've all used back in the day, if you're, you know, in your 30s, those trimmers that you got to plug into the wall. And if there's not a plug close to your bathroom, you got to hope you can wrap it around. Sometimes and your barber's like, you really brought me over here for this. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes not close enough to the toilet. You're using like a trash can. And then all of a sudden you got a bleeder because you hit it. The, they are so easy and soft on our man regions. It is remarkable. I'm not saying that because they're paying me. I've used the product and con- continue to use the product. I'd show you if YouTube wouldn't ban us. I've used the product recently, and it's just so seamless. It's so easy. Yeah. The wireless charging system. A wireless charging system. Are you kidding me? A wireless charger? Welcome to the modern world, everybody. A you wireless I, charger? I didn't Hell know. Hell yeah. Wireless charger. That's incredible. Hell yeah. Take this nose, baby to the Mars. Nose trimmers. They got it all. Oh, I got the nose trimmer, yeah. Yeah, sometimes you need it. You got some of those uh, you know, hairs sticking out. No one wants you know, a hair sticking down to your lip and you just get in there. You don't mm-hmm. want to rip it with the tweezers. This guy said, sends people to the hospital. Yep. I've heard that. And, and it hurts. You cry, you know, not actually cry. And it's a bad habit. Hair. I've, I'll say this, you start pulling nose hairs. Next thing you know, you're pulling nose hairs in public. Like if you pull you sit at your desk, you pull a nose hair. It's there's something weirdly addictive about it and it's bad. And the next thing you know, you're just sitting at a restaurant bartender Tito's. I'll be over here pulling nose hairs while I wait. Someone's looking at you and it's like, Oh, yeah. So you don't you don't want that. No, you, you do want not that. want that. Twenty percent off free shipping with the code ham at Manscaped. That's twenty percent off and free shipping. Code ham Manscaped. Unlock your confidence. Always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Manscaped. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year. Plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it. 
for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. A couple other things we wanted to hit here. What were they? Uh, one was the Manning brothers. Oh, yeah. Which first week was, it was cool, and it felt a little bit cult is unfair. When you get 800,000 people to watch it, it's more than a cult, and you're Peyton Manning. Like You don't have a cult following. You have a legit following. We all know who Peyton Manning is. Peyton Manning is known by women. Like He is a universal American you know, kind of rock star, famous athlete guy. He transcends you know, sports. But 800,000 views, pretty cool. But the other, you know, I think the main broadcast got like 15 million, but it was also on ABC and ESPN. This week, ESPN only. Lewis, my guy, guy, I don't even go to ESPN. I just go to ESPN too. And I watched the majority of the game. I was in the office, so I only got one TV. I just had it on ESPN too. And those guys. And they do a good job now. I think they've kind of gotten a rhythm. They just show the game the whole time. They keep a lot of those guys like we are right now in the little little boxes. So it's I can just watch the game. I guess if it was the Niners or something and we were really going to lock in, you don't, when a guy gets hurt, you know, you don't get the sideline. You don't quite know what's going on on the little details. 
But it's like I can have Twitter open. I can follow everything else, right? Yeah, I I do think it'd be harder on a game where you really wanted to lock in on. But I watch predominantly the Manning broadcast on uh, Monday night. And, you know, the Gronk, even though Gronk's Wi-Fi was a little wonky. You got to get the Ethernet um, cord and plug it in. You got to get the plug. Uh, At least his audio was good. He's <laughs> just Gronk. Like, like yeah. But the Mannings, I, you said this to me, like you said to me, you thought Peyton really brought it. I agree. I didn't think of it in those terms. The way I thought it watching him early was Peyton's heartbeat was probably as high as it's been or his heart rate as high as it's been since he played football. I bet his heart rate when he's doing that is higher than when he plays golf. I bet it's higher than when he played the money game on TNT. I bet his heart rate doing that Monday night football, watching him Packers lions felt like he took it up a notch from the first week. Um, and he felt like a, a guy that missed it, but not missed it in like a man. I wish you could be out there way. Just it felt to me like that broadcast gave him something that he can't get anywhere else. And uh, for that reason, I would not be surprised at all to see him make a jump to a full time analyst role. I, I think you explained me this. We were talking off air when we had Staley on last a couple weeks ago, and I'm not comparing Joe Staley necessarily to Peyton Manning, but I think similar you spend your entire life. And then once you get to the pros and become a good player, there is this rhythm to your life, right? The calendar is very set, the season, the ebbs and flows of the week, and then the highs of, now Peyton played on consistently more good teams, but when that good team, there can't be much like being a good football player and being on a good team in the NFL, right? It's it's a sport that's that way. Like even in the NBA, you, you know, of 82 games, Unless you're like the the Warriors, you know, once KD shows up or the Heatles or Michael Jordan, the Bucks are playing in like 25 duds a year where it's like, you know, you're in Minnesota, no one cares. You know, just there's a juice to an NFL game. No matter every game, you know that high, there is no like, we're like, how do we get Joe on? And it's like, yeah, oh, come on. Like he just, and I see him kind of reposting some stuff doing the TV. I, I bet he feels like he's got a little more purpose. And he was only away for, you know, a year. Peyton's obviously the Hall of Fame. Now he's been retired five years. It's got to be cool to just take a deep breath. I know I, in a, I'm not comparing myself as a football guy, but just once you leave the NFL and just do a normal person job, which I, they don't even have to do jobs, like they have enough money. When I just had to do a job, it's just so much different. There is, there's nothing quite like that. There is that, I still have some anxiety about the anxiety I used to have just in certain situations in the NFL, in the office, that wasn't even, I had no control over it. Sometimes it didn't even have to be with me, but just being in that area. I, I remember going back to Fresno State, and it's hard to replicate that, I think, for football guys. It's why a lot of them, even the best players, you know, I think sometimes in other sports, maybe they have, and I'm not, maybe it happens in football too, they financially need it. I think it's pretty clear, you know, Peyton Manning financially does not need this at all. And Joe's a good example, but no chance. They don't, they're not doing this for the Yeah, money. you and I were talking like, how much is Comcast, how much is NBC Sports Barry paying Joe to make it worth his while? It was like, well, I think all you need is to pay him enough so he understands that you respect his time, right? Yeah. But there's no amount of money you could pay him that like makes him makes it worth him doing something he doesn't want to do. 100%. And I just, I think there's a juice to these, like how do you ever how do you ever get that back? You know, when, well, you, when you hear some of these stories about like, yeah. you know, this guy has become a fantastic businessman. Elway owned all these dealerships. 
made double the money he made even while he played. I bet if you ask John, he's like, you know, there was nothing like, you know, 92 Monday Night Football Week 12 Raiders, right? And, and I see it, like when I see Andy on the sideline and that Harbaugh on Sunday night, they wouldn't give up that juice they get on game day for, oh, I mean, Andy's guy, giving Andy's up play calling has to be so difficult. Yeah. we well, Andy's addicted to, like he likes it too much. Right, I, there's no need. That goes it. back to these numbers. Like they more than double their their Monday Night Football viewership. I was listening. I hopped in the car the other day, and uh, yesterday, last night, before the game, or like as we were leading up to the game, I was coming home from the grocery store, and the radio was on, which is never the case. It's usually XM, where I'm listening to a podcast on my headphones. And um, the it was a it was a wait the, the it was G, a music the G, station. The G wagon doesn't have Wi-Fi connect. Uh, no. <laughs> haven't got it set up yet. And uh, and the guy on the radio, dude, he's like, uh, you know, coming up next, Katy Perry. He's like, tell me which pull up right now at, uh, you know, 817 uh, FM, which Monday Night Football broadcast do you guys watch? I like the Mannings. All right, here's the music. I was like, whoa, this is not a music. This is a music channel on Sports Channel. This guy's talking about the Manning broadcast. So for Peyton. That was kind of a good John Lund you did with the Katy Perry. John Lund. He can always do a good announcer, you know, a guy, a DJ. <laughs> He's good at that. John Lund, man, what a guy. What a great Coming a great up next, guy. Katy Perry headed down to Vegas. But first, Peyton Manning and Eli. Tonight, ESPN2, can't wait. Oh, it's the caboose pistol. What a guy. Um, but Manning knows a lot of people are watching, John. And that has to fuel his fire. Right? Like Peyton, that's the one thing John Elway could do some hostile takeover of nine car dealerships. No one's there watching it. I, I I had this thought. I watched some of your game on on Saturday, the Oregon game, and just all broad, you know, all broadcasts are just they sound like they've always sound. You know, it's just a, a, a play, play by play, play guy, guy and an analyst. And an analyst. Yeah. And you guys call the action, they give their takes. Where Peyton, and this is where I think it really resonated fast, does have like a radio meets podcast kind of vibe going where it's like the two guys, and then they bring in guests. It's a double whammy. It's somewhat of a time filler, but the guys are so famous. Like, there's not a guest they had on that you and I wouldn't immediately have on, right? I mean, Brett Favre, uh, Gronkowski, Travis Willis, Kelsey. McAfee. Yeah, I mean, they just, they get good guests. And there, it's probably only going to improve. People are going to want to be on there, but it is just very loose. Now, again... There is a role that you play when you're calling a game. I know what's going on. Hey, Mozart, he's out. Like I don't know any of that shit. When also, are- when a game, when it's you know, it's this is where it gets tough. It's like God, fourth quarter tie game, two minute drill coming. I want to know what Peyton's saying. But I also part of this thing is just emotion. Like I just, and that's where the regular broadcast gives you just some of the the rhythm and the crowd and the emotion and. Like, could you call a game half ass, like half podcast style, half calling it, or it would be impossible? Yes. You could. Absolutely. I don't think most people can. Well, they can't. If I'm not, not to be it, but I, yeah, I like bad games for that reason. Early in my career, early in the play-by-play career, I realized like calling a bad game is a, it's a really difficult skill. Yeah. Now you like John, if that game was 40 to seven, I I could be talking about anything and you wouldn't be watching. So I like, you know, I'm not going to pretend like the play-by-play guy can like make somebody that's where Peyton's unique and that's where Romo gets paid. And like the ant, like those guys, like you can, you will, well, I watch Monday night football next week in the fourth quarter. If it's a blowout, 
Well, I might if Peyton's just telling some stories and well, Gronk example, is there. Well, for example, Monday night, this upcoming, like last night was terrible. So it was an easy one, right? It's like they're playing, they ended up, even though the game was tight, you just never thought the Lions were going to win. Even though that one guy, did you see that had the parlay for like $800,000? And he took the Yes. Lions. I thought somebody tagged me. was like, look at Middlecoff. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone hit me in a DM. Like, even if you were going to do the craziest parlay ever, how would you end on that? Like, that's... Just like, pick the easiest games, the things yeah. you believe 15 times. Maybe the person believed. But like this week is a big week, right? I, I would imagine the Monday night football ratings when these two teams have playoff aspirations. I know it's early in the season, but they're both one and one. The Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles. Like there's going to be a lot of people watching that game. Historically, you'd be like, I want to lock in. This is a real game. Without question. I mean, I'm going to those guys. Would I actually you watch think it? if you had to guess... Does that number hit the twos this upcoming I think this week? number is only going to keep getting bigger. Yeah. But it, let's say the Niners were playing and you wanted to lock in. Would you still watch it? Because I think I still would. Uh, you think you still would? Because I can follow the injuries and tough. stuff. I can follow the injuries and stuff on Twitter. Now, where if he has on a guest, you know, who's not really doing it for me, I might change it back over. But yeah, you're right. I don't know. We'll see when I come to that road. I don't but know the games either. are going to get better on Monday Night Football. And if I stay, I think it's pretty easy to stay. Like, I, I want to hang out. It's like, people, why do you guys listen to us? It's like, we like your show. We like hanging out. Why do you well, listen to certain people? Like, I want to hang out with Peyton Manning. I had to hang out with Peyton Manning for three hours a week. Yeah. And, he, and just, Eli's, you know, and Eli. Eli's I would hang out with Eli in a heartbeat, even though he's a little quieter. I mean, shit. Both those guys seem like so much fun. Couple. Uh, one, here's something I wanted to mention, John. Somebody explained this to me the other day. The Duval thing, I guess it's like the county that the Jags are in. Yeah. Feels like they're trying to look. I'm so tired of hearing Duval. Like, do they, somebody, uh, look, well, somebody Dayton, from Jacksonville. Dayton county, I think is my, what's Miami's county is a famous one. Miami Dade. Yeah. Somebody. Dade County. Yeah. If, 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 if this is like really, a, if this is real and not like some marketing thing they're pushing and like it actually is a thing that people take pride in, then I, then I, then it is all good. But if this is just like some marketing tactic and it's not really a thing. So they put out this statement. The statement doesn't like, the, I don't even care about the statement. Hang in there. We're going to get better. Two games in dumb, but I don't care. So then the Falcons kind of do a post and it looks the same. <laughs> it's like, we got 15 more to go. It's like, that's not, I don't want to watch 15 more of these Falcons games. That's not a plus. But that, that one was clearly a post game quote from the head coach, right? Well, this one is from urban as well, oh, but you're yeah. right. Urban, the urban one feels like a, like, Hey, let's put out a statement. Urban. I didn't know that. I thought they, okay. I thought they just put out a statement and then I thought, okay, they're both potentially quotes. Well, yeah, no, there's no way this urban one's a quote. Cause the urban one is hang in there with us. We're going to get better. The one thing about Jacksonville and the nine Oh four, People go to sleep knowing there's not going to be any group working harder to get this thing flipped. Okay. If yeah. Urban brought up the 904 in his post game, then credit for him. Might have him Florida for, guy. Yeah, maybe he did. Either way, they both made graphics. Again, I don't care about either one of them. Couldn't care less. But then the Jags retweet the Falcons one and say, "Hey, can I copy your homework?" Yeah, fam. Just switch it up a bit. Some of these team social accounts do some. That is one of the dumbest things. Like, guys, you stink. They stink. Just stay away from each other. Who cares if they copied your homework? Yeah, fam, switch it up a bit. Like, this whole statement that they put out the first time is kind of like they're treating it like it's serious, right? Like The, ja the Jags were dead serious. The Jags yeah. are serious. Fine. I think it's kind of cheesy, but that's fine. Like, I would want, I would rather as a fan, my team take it too seriously, winning and losing. 
but then you lose all the credit when you make a joke about it because you're making fun of the Falcons. Like, just stop. I, they, well, I don't. They, sometimes these team social accounts drive me nuts. Well, if you run like a Twitter account for the Jags, what are you really doing all day? Well, you're just just trying to get impressions and engagement, which probably worked. Like, they nailed it. Whoever did this is getting credit for it today, which, you know, what can I say to that? Nothing. But they both – it's just – If I was a fan – Does that work on fans? I don't know. Well, I mean, guy, there's such a small percentage of people that are actually on Twitter. I'm sure they put it on Instagram, too. If I was a fan and my team did that, like, again, like, I, if I could roll it back and be just a true, pure fan and didn't do this for a living, I would never root for probably a team like Atlanta or Jacksonville. I feel like I'd just... But sometimes you don't have a choice. You're just born where you're born. I know, but I'd, I'd probably leave them. I'd end up with, like, bigger team, better team. I just to say, but, you're, you know, you're right. it's not how I, emotion works. I, I, I wouldn't be able to... I, I might officially leave after that happened. Like, can you ever envision the Packers, the Yankees, the Lakers? Wait, hold on. You were a Jags fan for this long, and now you're leaving? Like, if you could have had the power to do that, you would have left a long time No, ago. I'm just saying, uh, yeah... You're right. <laughs> Can you just imagine a real f- franchise doing this? No. Just but the Falcons were kind of a real franchise. Yeah. Although that's just a quote and a graphic, so that's a little. Th- this one, the Jags one is. I I I think when you hire a new coach, and I, I wasn't trying to make fun of Jed Fisher earlier. Really, right? I actually he's Howie Roseman's roommate from college, and I think everyone really likes him. Clearly, he's got a lot of friends. <laughs> Feels like he's got 10 times more friends than I do. I know that. He's friends with everybody. But, like, he spent this whole offseason. And NFL teams do this, too, when they get a new new coach. And they just pump the shit out of it, right? And just like, God damn, is this, this is real. Eventually, rubber meets the road, and you play games. So it's like all offseason, Atlanta just getting blown. Arthur Smith, the best offensive coordinator since Kyle Shanahan. And then all of a sudden you come out and you look like a joke. Do you know that Tampa Bay had a linebacker that had two pick sixes? Mike Edwards, I didn't even know who that is, but he had two pick sixes. Now, one of them, his teammate, they double blitz the corners. His teammate, put, they both put their hands up, hits his teammates, goes right in the air. He gets under it and walks in the end zone after he had a normal, like, Greenlaw pick six. I think when you're just getting embarrassed, which the Jags in Atlanta did, and you've spent the last nine months getting social media BJs, giving yourself social media BJs, just everyone's like urban freaking Meyer, even though urban got a little weird, but just, you know, you got a real coach finally, I think, but Atlanta got so much credit for Arthur Smith, Arthur. And then Sirianni, for example, it shows you how fast this thing's because once the games show up, Sirianni's like this, uh, younger Tom Sula, this village idiot. He can't talk. And then his team, you watch his team through two weeks. You're like, God, do the Eagles have a real coach? And we started looking like, does Atlanta, this guy know what he's doing? It happens once you start playing. It's why all this shit is such, it's got to be incredible because it's like, God, we don't even, there's no accountability. We just get to push. We get to leak stuff. But it ends. But it, but and, it yes, always but it ends. It always, it always, and I always laugh when ADs hire guys to win a press conference. Uh, there is a difference in college though. In college, because recruiting is a factor, right? Well, I like, get what Jeff was Jeff doing. Fish winning no, yeah. next year. He's the energy he built up in the previous six months, translating into getting players. It's harder though once they look up. Like, yeah, but again, what you're I, telling him is what you're telling him is, guys, you're coming here because of what we're gonna be, not because of what we are right now. Do you? They haven't. They don't. All their games left are Pac-12 games. Do you think he could go 0 and 12? Yes, at University of Arizona. Yeah, now too. Is it gonna happen? I don't know. But, but one in eleven is possible, right? It could happen. Would, it could happen. Be an, would it be an upset for him to get to like three and nine right now? 
Right. Three and nine feels like it'd be a wild success. Arthur Smith, when because you see Arthur Smith in the games, Jags, how many games? Like, I, I don't, are the Jags going to win three games? Atlanta probably could, watching them. They actually, I mean, Matt NFL's Ryan's. different. I mean, NFL, to me, the gap between your level of talent when you're yeah. rebuilding a college program versus when you're rebuilding an NFL program is pretty, you know. I mean, Tyrod got hurt again, but he's clearly an NFL quarterback, right? Yeah. But but even them, I think they've gotten a lot of credit. It was like everyone shit on them. And then you've watched the Texans for a couple of weeks. Yeah. You're like, you know what? They just try. They got some real players. They're not. Do you know what you say? They're not the Jags. They're yeah. not Atlanta. Well, it's going to be a real test to Trevor Lawrence, big picture. Like, can he do, you, you know, the, the Colts pre-Payton were, what Payton did in Indianapolis was incredible because the Colts were awful. Or they were bad. Yeah. If Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he it's a long road. It's very early. But if he could pull it off, he'd be a legend. You see McAfee last night when he first came on, he goes, Peyton, he kind of asked him the Aaron Rodgers question. He's like, what do you think about them never asking? And Peyton's like, well, Polian used to sit down with me after every season, and we'd go over the locker room dynamics. And he's like, I don't know if he was going to listen to everything I said, but at first I was like, Peyton's a snitch. And then I started thinking like, it, I bet Peyton was calling people out right in the locker. Like there was no snitching. He was just the sheriff. Like he was also, the boss. there's a difference between locker room dynamics and which, which free agents do you like, or really which college players do you like? Exactly. I think when it comes to locker more, room dynamics, bad guy, this guy's not trustworthy. Yes, the player is the expert on that. The player is not the expert on the, the, the draft board. I remember Carson Palmer telling me, I want about, a receiver. Well, cool. There's no receivers available. Carson Palmer told me that like, a year before he got into the ask for the retirement thing, they were kind of like they had made a bunch of promises because they would be aggressive and go, Carson, we're going to get you help here, here, and here. And then by then, he started getting involved. Like, I think we should go get this guy. And then they would never live up to anything they said. And it was like, I, I just don't even think you guys give a shit. So that's where, you know, and that is not, but that was, I think Carson was proven to be probably right on that one. I think Aaron's like, Aaron, they haven't totally screwed you over here, buddy. No. You know, they got some pretty good players for you. All right. Uh, Sunday pregame, we'll be there. Obviously, we got shows before then, but uh, Sunday pregame, we'll get that time nailed down, probably around 4.30. We'll be on YouTube. That'll be a YouTube only, a YouTube only on Sunday, pregame Niners, then obviously the full podcast after that, Sunday Night Football game. Uh, Jack on YouTube says, what's up, fellas? Just hopping on. How about those Raiders going 2-0? I mean, there are, what, seven 2-0 teams? One, two, th- oh, we didn't do that. Save it for Thursday. Yeah, good idea. Good idea. Make a note. Well, I mean, there's 16 AFC teams, and there's only two, and the Raiders are one of them. The problem is the Denver Broncos. We talked a lot about the a- the NFC West. Those AFC West games are going to be pretty kind of a dogfight because they, they all have different strengths and weaknesses. The, the, you know, the other three teams, if you just consume Kansas City's going to win it, which I think is at this point in time they've earned that right <laughs> to just assume they're going to win the division until right. they don't. Yep. But the other games, like, I think even the Raider fans know this, those games are going to be difficult. Like, it's going to be hard. They're, they're going to be very entertaining. Guy, in two weeks, uh, Monday Night Football is Raiders Chargers. That is a fantastic Monday Night Football game. Where's that game? Vegas, I assume? Uh, oh, no, no, it's in L.A. Yeah, it's in Cronkies Palace. Talked about that the other day. So, well, it's, it's ten, kind of a home game. Dean, you know, dollar. <laughs> dollar, dollar Dean? Dollar a month or dollar a year? Dollar a year. Dollar a year. I mean, if you're going to do, do a dollar, you can't do a dollar a month. 
Would you, you break know, that down by 12 and send him the direct deposit? Just pennies? Or, yeah, but like uh, 12 cents or whatever it would add up to. <laughs> like, hey, is it cool if I pay you weekly on this dollar just to tie up the work of your accounting department? Can I pay you in Bitcoin? <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. No, you wouldn't. I don't want, I don't want it to be worth anything. Russell right. Kuhn was really ahead of his time. Yeah. Yes, he was. Adios. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.